All right, and welcome to the uh, Bruce Lombardo 25, uh, Baron G-Rock and Kai production. Uh, tonight's, tonight's topic is going to be discussing various things that happen in a RPG that don't involve combat. Go ahead, uh, Blaine, if you could just give us a small introduction as to who you are before we start delving into this and and we'll, we'll go with Garrett's introduction as well before we start. I'll be honest, I'm just a very long-running GM who's been doing it for way too long and needs a break from it. But yes, I'm doing great. Um, storyteller mostly, but GM, because that's what everybody wants to I wants from me. So yes, I am his Blaine. So. <laughs> I am positive that that's going to elicit a response from our our resident uh, uh, peanut galleries. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I That's think the perfect. best comment, the best comment from last stream was when you, you were going on, you were saying something and one of them, <laughs> uh, one of them goes, uh, Oh my God. It's like, uh, I, I don't know what he's talking about, but I'm a believer now. So it was like, I think that was like the best comment. Oh, probably I don't even know what I'm talking about half the time, but I but I make it up as I go. So, well, yeah, that's that's most of our gaming experience too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you're right. Everything is combat. That's why we have rules. Mortal combat. It, it's it's just that the entire game, the entire gaming. Uh, hey, unscripted and unchained RPG review. How are you doing? Gaming prepares you for a life of being able to make rulings and if you so choose to follow the path of the lawyer you're not going to be out of your league if you dm'd all your way through middle school and high school and then in college you go for your bar pretty if much if, if you're running four to seven hours a, a week if you're doing that you're making plenty of headway and uh, your thesis will be rather interesting and I always forget Unscripted Unchained. It's Dean Bloodworth. I'm sorry, sir. Please forgive me. Garrett, uh, before we begin, could you please introduce yourself before uh, our audience is like, who is that strange man? Well, most of them have probably seen me in a lot of the other streams anyway. Uh, I'm Baron G Rock. Uh, I do uh, stream on Twitch. And uh, yeah, my first ever stream right now, also on YouTube. So. Yes, kind of, kind of dipping my toe in just to see what happens. So we shall see, see what 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 happens with that. So, but uh, yeah. Well, I'm hoping for a enlightening stream because there's so, something about the games that we play. It, it's all about combat. The, the The games are judged on their ability to educate combat, but and and there's. Five editions of Dungeons and Dragons, not including the basics. And I say the basics because you've got the Beck, Beck Me, you've got BX, you've got Moldvay, you've got blah, 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 blah. But you've got a, a huge amount just for the main RPG. Right. And Pathfinder came out in a kickback response to 4th Ed. We're not really wanting to play this. And the entire community grabbed a hold of it for almost about eight years. Uh, I wouldn't say the entire community. Up until the release of 5th edition, they had a solid 
lead on everything. And then Fifth Ed came out, and about a year later, Pathfinder was number two, sometimes number three. But it's it's kind of interesting because up until this point, Pathfinder's edition, uh, Pathfinder or three point X, what you call it, the only game that really valued non combat skills was Call of Cthulhu. There were other game engines, but most people don't look the, look that far. There's like an entire genre of games that do more outside combat, but we only tend to focus on the dungeon experience, and that's what we think the game is, but we fail to see that there is so much more actually to the hobby, but because we only think in terms of going into a dungeon, fight, loot, and that's your entire experience. And... Unfortunately, for some people, that's not enough to hold their attention. And it, that, honestly, that's just the truth there. I mean, some players do, a lot of gamers out there do put, you know, some actual value into motivations, into connections. You know, it's like, I know a lot of us, you know, will toss out the cheap thing of, you know, the princess in said castle or the duke or there's a war happening and there's a there's an orc invasion or you need to do something strange and of course most of us a lot of players i should say will just go okay you've given me the quest i'm going to go off onto this and i'm going to just wait for you to i'm going to go hop in the happy cart and you're going to drag me on my rails to the point where an encounter happens where you throw the plot at me, I kill some things, I walk through a dungeon that might as well be a straight hallway, but there's a few branches off there, but it's a straight hallway. No matter how well you map it, it's a hallway, and you get to the end, and you fight the big orc who's guarding a cake in the back of the room. You don't know why there's a cake in the back of the room. You don't need to know why the cake in the right. So you kill the, uh, you kill the orc, you get your prize, you... <laughs> Walk out the convenient door at the back of the dungeon. You know, you get your little gift. I, I get a little um, toy, I, toy plastic sword. And then you, t- you know, throw the princess or the warlord's um, head over a shoulder. And you walk back. And then you hand it in. And you get your loot. That's, the, for most people, that's actually pretty good. That's what most of them want. If, and for the guys out there who want to play that way, I'm not here to stop them, but the thing is, is that I've had way too many players who, who over the years have gone, wait, so why is the orc warlord trying to invade? What has the duke done wrong? Why has the baron decided to go off and do something strange? Why was the princess kidnapped? And all of this kind of links itself together into this weird, well, now you have a meta narrative starting to develop. And now you have players who, you know, start to care about what's going on. I mean, you can't just keep ignoring them. And sometimes you might, you know, you might encounter a situation where you might want to solve the problem without having to draw swords and start stabbing everybody in the room as as that being your only solution to all problems. And no, you can't just go out there and go, well, I use my magical magic, I magic man powers and go mind control. Problem solved. That's not how problems are solved. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Are you sure? Sure, that's not how it's. You can solve problems that way, but the problem won't stay solved. Okay, because I, I just. 
what was that? Hey, Darius. Uh, what was that? Uh, that that AFT used to say: problem solved, problem staying solved. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Yvette. Looks like we've got some people filtering in from uh, uh, the the non the non tabletop gaming circles. It's really a pleasure to have you guys here, Darius and Yvette. Uh, I want to. Whenever we are are getting the, the party together for their, uh, we are getting them ready for the railroad, and they're going to be chugging along with us. Yeah, yeah, Rob's game group. We are nerds. Yeah, we are nerds. Um, whenever we're, whenever we're getting ready to get on the the train with the DM, the DM, like third edition came out, and I was I just watched Biggest Geekest uh, YouTube slash podcast. And they had a discussion where they were a little upset that players would take their own initiative and just roll dice and be like, hey, I'm looking for clues as to what to do, what do I find, etc. And they wanted they they would roll without the DMs urging. The thing is, is that for some GMs who are used to being the conductor of your railroad, of your amusement park ride. They don't want – they're scared because suddenly they're now being forced to be not in their comfort zone, and they have to adapt, work quickly and mentally. Like like for a lot of people, suddenly having a player – you know, when you walk into town and, you know, it's like you intend them to go to the – you know, to the bulletin board, get their get their thing, go get some information from, you know, somewhere and go shop somewhere. They're not prepared for the one player who goes – Hey, I'm going to go talk to the. I'm going to talk to somebody else who's not on the list. Wait, I don't have that in my encounter chart. Whoa, 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 whoa! St- stop here, guys. I'm not prepared for this because a lot of GMs are not educated enough on. Like, they haven't read enough. They haven't watched enough. They haven't done enough to be able to comp- to have a curveball thrown at them in a way that makes them because like I said. Most of us are uh, – see, my GMing style is much more like I drop you in an area. I've got eight rails, and from those rails, it's like a switching yard. So if you jump from one rail to another rail, I've got more plot lines, and I can swap, and I can mix because I've put my homework in. So that way, it's like if you want to go off in X direction, and I may have prepared I, I Y and Z – well, I've also got X prepared, and, well, you just got to be able to work with it. And suddenly, your players might decide that they don't want to go into that dungeon. Well, what do you? What the hell do you do now? Well, you reskin the freaking dungeon, or you do something else, or you throw, some more in, you throw some more fun at them. And is you just have more fun with it rather than just simply go, uh, no, this is... This is my this is my plan. This is my rail. Jump on it. Stay in the cart. And if you get out of the cart, I will hit you with a rock. And I'll keep hitting you with a rock until you get back in the fucking cart. Sorry. I I, I got a I got a highlight someone here. Uh, our buddy Max, a DM who actually prepares. I told DMs are no longer about that. Players run the show. The thing is, is my players do actually run the show to a degree. The thing is, I let them 
they can set the course and I will prod them on and off through the week and try to figure out where they're heading. And that way I can set I can set events away around them as things build up. And so that way, if they decide to go, like, if I drop them off in one town, they could go to, like, 18 different other towns. And I've got them all mapped out. So that way there's something out there that will point them back to where I want them or not. And, like, the, I've had players just throw plot lines and go, that plot hook is garbage. And then just throw it out there. Like, that was not entertaining at all. And then they go, but what I'm interested in is that hot bodyguard over there. You know, the... the 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 orc I, I, the orc battle maiden over there yeah I want that person's attention and suddenly the whole game is now derailed as it becomes now this underworld intrigue campaign never mind what I was actually running what I had actually planned and now they've chosen this story to go off in this direction and I'm suddenly I'm now pulling in well underworld bankers the police the mayor of the towns now involved and. All of this is now circling around this one town until, they, until something goes bad. And, and now I go, but, hey, there's this one thing that you forgot. Yeah, that thing over there you forgot, it's now important. It's coming after you. And it's fun because it keeps the whole st – now they're invested in the world. They don't need me to be at the helm. I'm still the one driving the ship, but they're the ones setting the course. But uh... – Okay, Rob's game group is going to start printing his own 3D menus next month. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Vigilant. Well, actually, ac ac actually, I just saw and I got an email earlier today from Humble, uh, Humble Bundle where they actually have a big uh, 3D print for tabletop miniatures that they're doing, getting all the patterns for them. Uh, Rob, if you're not part of the Humble Bundle, uh, it might be something you want to get a hold of. That way you have the data files. Uh, then Edge yep. of Time says a DM needs to be about four encounters ahead because the players will finish maybe two or three in a session. Yes. That is certain because a lot of GMs don't know how to extend their, their, their run times or how to prolong the game. Uh, a lot of players, uh, the, the, the bad thing about society play, the, there's a lot bad about society play. Let's just get that yes. out in the way. But the main problem I have is that you cram – a lot into four hours. Yep. The thing is, four hours is a good amount of time. But it is. I, and because players, I have discovered, start to get tired after about three and a half, four hours. No, and, no, 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 no. You're well, stuck at my table for eight. Well, okay, their brains, <laughs> yes. their their brains start to start to not function after about four, and after about six, I'm like. So you're gonna keep up with the with the plot line? Ah, uh, no, we're just gonna go out and stab something now. Okay, I understand. Past four <laughs> hours, stop with the talking, get on with the stabbing, and that's a good ratio. Four hours of in of intellect, four hours of stabbing a bitch. That's a good idea. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have you hugged your specter today? Uh, Legion of Myth asks us, and. Uh... We thought um, orcs was bad, and no. Which specter are we talking about here? <laughs> as long as it's not, you know, Phil Specter. Uh, like, break four more hours, or you ain't gaming. Absolutely. I, uh, I go ahead. Yes, unfortunately, life, life, and after and evenings on in the middle of the week kind of kind of gets you the artificial constraint of we all get off work at 
five. We get started at six and ten. Ten. Most of us have day jobs. We have to go back to. So yeah. Well, I mean that's that's for weeknight gaming, not for the the, the people like myself that value the weekend to be spent on the gaming table. If I could find a, a good Saturday group that I can make during on a Sunday, that would be cool. But I work uh, every other day, so. Yikes. So well, it's six out. <laughs> Quit your job and live the hobo or you ain't. Gaming. You know I mean, what? If I could figure uh, out how to do that, I would. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I love my job. I love the money it brings. But there are times like whenever I'm watching somebody get covered in fecal matter because they didn't touch <laughs> her down proper. I wonder to myself, how many times can I do this and remain alert? And concise and cognizant of the threats around me before that happens to me. It's going to happen eventually. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and yes, I think we all would, we would all elect to go with that heathen dog lifestyle where you find a rich girl and you marry her and then you retire at 31. Okay. Uh, the life. And then I will only game from that point forward. Unfortunately, I am not on medical, <laughs> so I can't retire yet. So, no. I can retire if I'm going to live for the next eight minutes, but that's, that's all. Um, yeah. Two months, two months that I'm broke. So I, I, I thought it would be okay for me to take off six weeks, but then the, uh, the, the hospital sent me the bill. So Oops. I've got to like, I've got to make some kids and have them help <laughs> contribute to the daddy's <laughs> medical fund. Yep. Hmm. Have them ha, have them go out to the fields. Exactly. You know, you guys. No, you're not going to school. I'm going to homeschool you, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna teach you how to how to do this right. We're start we're start with cotton first. When you turn <laughs> turn about ten years of age, then uh, I'll get you on machinery and how to turn a wrench. And you should have some weight on you. And then about age twelve, I'm gonna start having you come with me, and you're gonna dig all the holes. All the holes. All the holes. <laughs> That's what my boss's dad did to him. Uh, so the the party the party is pretty much uh, they're not involving themselves in combat yet. You have about the first two hours where you can kind of seed the party with ideas and give them yeah. little hooks mm -hmm. and see exactly what they clamp down on. And you yeah. really hope it's not Tuskless Tanya at the Lions Club. The bad part is, is I had an entire gaming session that was literally derailed by Tuskless Tanya at the at the Lions Club, and I was literally going, "Come on, guys, move!" And they decided that no, they they really loved that female bugbear bodyguard a lot, and I'm sitting here going, "Is the rest of you okay with this?" And the whole table, "Oh yeah, we're totally okay. We want to watch him crash and burn," and that was the entire session. And I'm sitting here going, this is four hours of my life being this. Okay, cool. And it, it got like it allowed me to create like five NPCs that that session I didn't get to use, but for like the next it's been a year and a half now, and I keep hitting them with NPCs that, with this NPC. And they're like they like and hate the characters. And I'm okay with that. Their role playing created the situation. And I was like, fun. Fun for you. Good. <laughs> um, okay. Max has his cat. 
Max has his cat. I got the puppy. <laughs> Don't wave it to people. What, what what type of puppy is that? Is that, that Chihuahua? Yes. No, he's a corgi cattle dog. And okay. then we have then we have the other one. <laughs> and we got puddles. <laughs> and he is a Jack Russell and uh Asian Terrier mix. Ah. Uh. It's adorable. He is Dobby. Okay. Yeah, he's our Dobby. He's our toddler. He looks like Dobby. <laughs> and he does like Master has given Dobby clues. No, you stole that sock. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yes, okay. puppies. Oh. So, uh... Now, as for the generated stats for rabbit chickens, no. Would you prefer humanoid fine philosopher chickens? They're chicken shaped, but they're philosopher. They're human sized chickens that are also philosophers. Would that be okay? Bruce, take me off full screen. Other people are talking. Okay, go ahead. There you go. <laughs> the uh, the party still isn't sold on on what you're trying to sell them, uh, Chimerian. Uh, you're going to need to to re to repackage this opportunity for them the to make gold tonight. What would but you the do? Honestly, at this point, if they have decided to drop my I my chosen plot line, I kind of like let them sit chat amongst themselves and set their own little course and then i'm sitting here i i've got my you know my notepad out and i'm sitting here flipping through my stuff and they're like going what are you doing and they'll, they'll hear a dice or two roll in the background and then it gets them to go oh something's up and usually i'm i'm blessed at least on, on having about a good solid um three players who don't need me to prod them they just will go they will go about something. I got one player who plays who's currently playing a um, a journalist. Like his entire thing is is that he, if I don't give him a plot, he goes out and makes I makes a plot. Like he will run off and make a plot. I have another player who, if I don't give him a plot, he is running off to preach, you know, preach whatever belief his god believes in out to everyone. There's another player who will literally go out there and like rec start recruiting people randomly, or another player who just goes out and goes, "I'm talking to trees," and then I'm you know he's a he's a he's a druid. He's running out there and like working. They they all have their own agendas and plots, and they're all moving themselves. And then, well, they got their own course down. They've set, they have momentum. They're they've got a direction. They're going now. All I gotta do is throw something in their way. You know, a conversation that is tied to to one of their motivations, one of their drives, and I can use their use that motivation to push them into the encounter I want, and so, it's nice. So, do you use a you use more like a uh, an opener sheet for like whenever you start your game, where you have like these six items or what the players like? <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe you have a cheat sheet for another when, character. And you'll when use the, that. When the game start, I, when the campaign starts, yes, I, I, 
I've got a 40 question like when even when the game starts, I always get out a 40 question questionnaire. It's totally optional. You whoa, don't whoa, have to write whoa, it out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, repeat that. <laughs> a 40 a 40 question questionnaire. It okay. it's not it's meant for me and for the other person because like if you go through this, it's your name, your family, what your motivations are. It's it is a really in depth thing, and it helps you build your character, build your motivations. You know what you know what you want, and you don't even need to give it to me. But if you know what you want out of your character, what your goal is, it helps you. It helps when you're not when I don't have to give you a plot. You've already got your goals already in mind. So therefore, if you work towards something, and then all of a sudden I throw, and like suddenly it's a you know a goblin horde attacking. It's attacking your favorite beer hall. Suddenly now you're motivated. Shoot, this is my beer hall. I know I know Bob the bartender really well. I don't want to see Bob's bar burn down because that's my bar. And suddenly now you're motivated. Now you've got your own motive. I don't need to tell you to go save the town. You want to save the town, and now you're ready. Now you're going. Okay, now I, I kind of use a different method for getting family and that information together. I, I use like a role master uh, style background character generator. Yeah, and that, and that way I I know you know if, you know Timmy if his character Crud the barbarian has a uh, brother or sister or if he has a cheating whore of a girlfriend who's a druid that has to do the feast of some odd number of months she's been alive with so many odd number of men on the 25th or 25th birthday that she has steal a steal a plot line from crowd man dune and the flaming sword of fire mm -hmm. and uh you you have that you have uh something in your 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 repertoire to where you can throw it at the players and yeah. you can latch on to it and yeah, you you can just listen to them talk for about six minutes while you're getting a few notes together from, you know, back in the day. And then you can start throwing small things at them, not really uh, dire things, but you can start giving them information of what's going on now. Yeah. And you can start building towards that first event or encounter of the night. The thing is, that's, that is fantastic. That is also fantastic. I know what I like. I've used this because it, like I said, I translated it from playing legend of the five rings. That was it was important for that game, but I've also adapted it for running other things. But I've also liked saying, Tra I, "Traveler, you you've got a history you've built from your character. You know where you've been. I've played Mech, I, Mech Warrior: Time of War. Dear God, that thing's a horrible engine, but it makes an interesting character by the end of it. <laughs> it is the most, I, it is not the most gruesome character creation system I've ever been in. I've played Role Master, <laughs> but it is up there." In what, terms of being master, it only takes you three hours to create one character. Congratulations! You've also made a I made a BattleTech Time of War character. Same I uh, same gruesomely slow process. It's fun. You know what you've got at the end of it. You've got a history you built for yourself at the end of it, but you had to get to the end of it. Dear God, it, it, it take forever. Thing is, all the different, all different like ways. Traveler. You're right. There is no good Mech Warrior RPG, but <laughs> as a Battletech player, I keep dreaming of one. And the new Destiny engine for Mech Warrior is still just as crap as any of the other ones. But it's just now it's crap in a different direction. But 
yeah, no matter what engine you use to get yourself a background, just give me a background. I don't care if you're using the D&D 3.0, I just randomly roll this weirdness, and now I'm playing a character. You at least have done more work than the guy who goes, this is my stat array, I am this, this is my level, this is my gear. And my name is Bob the First. I plan on playing Bob the Eighth before this campaign's over. Okay. <laughs> You're not giving me anything. You're not giving me anything to work with. I hope you enjoy sitting there, being pulled along in the red in the red wagon behind all the other players who have put their who've done their homework and are going to put some effort into their characters. And I do have some characters who aren't, you know, in the four. They aren't the ones who are, you know, the 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 extroverts. They aren't the ones who, but they at least know enough that when I go, hey, what are you up to? They're like. I'm starting a bagel shop. Really? That's your character. That's your character's goal is to is start a bagel shop. Yes. Okay. I don't know where we're gonna go with this, but good for you. And like, but keep on it. Keep working on that. And then they start building their, you know, they're working on their bagel shop while somebody else is going. I am building a knightly order of all the gods unified under one common theology. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, good for you. Good for you. Another player. <laughs> I am going to unify all the woodland animals under uh, under my ultimate dominion. Wow, you got goals. Go. Oh. <laughs> and from there, I now know what to do. What, what to do? I can now throw. Hey, there's somebody. Uh, I you know buzz cutting down. You know doing fern gully to your forest. Oh, well, now I'm ready to go out there. Party, come to me. I'm gonna. And I something. Sweet. All I gotta do is just throw. Hey, bad guy MacGuffin of the week shows up, Doop. and they will, and they will go hog wild. I did not realize I was running a a James Bond campaign for the last three months until somebody goes, "Have we been chasing Spectre?" <laughs> and then me going, "I don't know. Have you?" Check my notes. Oh shoot, you have been. This has been a James Bond plot line. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I, I know Legion of Myth. He Shadzar would so love this. I I I didn't message him. I should message him. <laughs> well, okay. and, and you also you also have to look at things like the uh, there was a high level campaign that my wife was playing, and she's told me this story several times, and it was an evil campaign, mm -hmm. and they were coming up against a hundred handed one. Somebody did something to stun it, and she used she was the cleric and used miracle to keep him stunned. And hey. that fight was supposed to go on all night. That's yeah. all the DM had prepped. Well, they hey. took it out, you know, pretty much took it out because it was stunned the entire time. So it was just like free well, whack-a-mole. Right. And now what do you do for the rest of, now? What do you do for the rest of the um the rest of the evening? Yeah, he I mean, had no idea. Like, the I'll DM admit, had no idea. Uh, it's like I had a really cool encounter planned for this this last Tuesday, and then suddenly something happened, and the encounter ended way too quickly, and so I just had to go. Well, what was my next? Open up my plot line book, run down, and suddenly I had a you know the party went into a basin and exploded at the end of it, and they're like, 
oh god, we are hey, we're in a James Bond plot line. I'm like, yes, you are. You are in a James Bond plot line. I did not plan for this, but it sure the hell is now. And suddenly now the, <laughs> the story's now going off in this cool direction because now they're chasing after a after a mad a mad magitech inventor and a and an arc wizard whose job is to I don't know kill the we don't know. It's James Bond. Nobody, nobody cares. It's conquer the world. There we go. And now there's like all this, this it, like it's organically developed due to like storyline. Like they're like pulling in like another player who goes, well, wait, we helped that one character over there. Can I like call in a boon? And I'm like, yes. And now suddenly like like, like families coming into this, and there's like all this. We're, we're just pulling in all of these little details, and we've had entire sessions where I'm like, so you gotta get onto the combat section in the party. No, no, we're not. Okay, all right, we're gonna sit back. I mean, I, I had a big fight planned once, and the party decided to just bribe, just bribe somebody, and I'm like, okay. Or I had another, or I had another session where I actually used used the the cumbersome Pathfinder social system, and it is cumbersome, <laughs> and. And they were just trying to debate. They're trying to convince a, a an angry logistics officer to give them the resources they need to go out and go fight a battle. And the guy's like, I'm not giving you anything. Fuck you. And so we actually went to this anti-system where they're trying to debate this guy to to get money. I, I get money, food, and parts. <laughs> and it actually kind of worked out. Because like, suddenly it wasn't just simply, gimme. No. Gimme. No, no, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and which is like you know, which I just summed up in much more stupider words than what most players can do, but most of the time it really does does come down to I a weird you know like, dear GM, I would like to do this thing, and the GM, no, please, okay, <laughs> and, and that's how and that's how most of us have to do it. Because if we tell a, tell the players, no, your idea is stupid. But is it that stupid? I can't use it, so yes. Well, or I, I, I can. Like, no. I, I, don't, I don't like telling a player absolutely fucking no. Unless it's something like, hey, can I use this shitty race class character combination? <laughs> no. Absolutely not. No. Not. Pick it from the core rulebook. Thank you. And uh, and and move on from there. But like, I like... I, uh, I, I, I like the the uh, Jim Butcher way of answering a question. He rarely goes yes, or he rarely goes no. No. But whenever you read uh, the Dresden Files, you're reading these, and you see the, like the question is answered with a a yes but or a no but. Right. And, and those always happen at the end of the chapter. So your natural inclination is to turn it, and and yep. and Butcher always asks his uh, fellow GMs that that go to his seminars. They, he says, "You want to have people come back to your games, end on a cliffhanger." Oh yeah, end on a cliffhanger I and make them want to come to the game, because if not, they're gonna let crap get in the way. Like, oh, my friend Bobby was playing Magic the Gathering, or my my niece wanted to play my old Dreamcast, and I, I showed her that. 
And like they fritter away precious hours where their character could have been leveling up and, and doing cool stuff in your world, which is right. far more important than excuses <laughs> I get. The only excuse the only good excuse that I tend to accept for my players for missing sessions is um I have a final and they're studying for it. I, but be, I, but but that's because I I work with a lot of kids who are either in school or in college, so that's that, that's the age group we gotta run for, and because everyone my age is too is too busy, so can't can't play with those guys. Well, I, I and I don't mean to sound like I'm anti-child or anti-family. If your family comes first, real life comes first. Yes, but mm-hmm. we're talking about the goddamn game, damn it! Don't you understand? <laughs> and yes. If, it's all if about the game. I do look if I can if I can come up with a good plotline that involves a bagel eating dragon, I would totally run that encounter. That would oh, be hilarious, dude. If you could have a bagel eating dragon fly out of the sky and just snarf that shop right off Main Street. Oh, I, I dude. If I didn't have at least eight other plot lines go, I, sitting there waiting to get wrapped up, I would totally just have you know. A giant, a giant dragon demanding cream cheese and then eating their sugar bagels. Where is the blueberry spread? Come on! Right, and he would just be, and he would just be demanding coffee or something stupid. It would be a, that would be a look. That adventure will be something I will run when I am literally brain dead and go. I'm too tired to GM, but screw all you people for uh, for being unable to, to, to GM for me. So you know what? Bagel dragon. Fuck it. And they're like, what's a bagel dragon? <laughs> I don't know, but you're about to find out. And them, oh no! <laughs> I, I, I kind of like that a lot. I'm, I'm just going to say I, I really like, really like that. You know, I've got nothing else to do. Fuck you, Bagel Dragon. Bagel Dragon. What? I, I, I hate to say it that I, I hate to say it. It almost sounds like the squirrel that a friend of Bruce's and mine. Oh, I think you know him too, Zach. Yes. Uh, made put every template he could yes. on yes. on it. You know, it was like Titanic. Uh, it was the god. It, it was the god squirrel. I, I remember that. Oh thing. god! But don't don't yeah. worry. On, on another Death night, where, of of acorns. Yeah, if, it's like I had a squirrel. I had a session where I was so exhausted just due to like long shift, and I I and I literally created. I I and like someone's like, I'm bored. I want to go talk to somebody. There's a chicken. He's a philosopher, and he's got a whole flock of philosophers with him. And you can ask him any question, and and like I ask him, and suddenly it turned into this long philosophical debate that involved religion, existential crises, and everything else. And I'm like, wait, are we being debated by a chicken? Yes, and the chicken will not leave you alone now. And suddenly that was like two hours of me just bullshitting because I couldn't think of anything intelligent or smart. Or, heck, I couldn't even figure out how to run combat because I was just that – I was running off of caffeine painkillers at that moment. Don't buy it, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting here going, wait, how smart are these – like one player goes, how smart is this chicken? He's an 18 intelligence. And it's, it's, it's like, what? He's a chicken. He's just that – he's a chicken. He's as tall as you are. He's got a staff. What are you going to do? Um, do I punch the chicken? I'm like, do you want to fight the chicken? No. Good. ASMR <laughs> adventure is to cluck. <laughs> to not. cluck. Oh, oh, yes. And it was great. Like, like they ended they managed to win the encounter only because they managed to ask a question to one chicken 
and just start the other team with, with, with the other ticket, and then they just walked away. They're like, we're out of this, as they started yelling at each other. And from that point forward with that group, they're like, so, do we see any philosopher chickens? I'm like, yes. We run the other direction as fast as possible. I'm like, yes. <laughs> don't go close to them. And they are stalking you slowly. Like the chickens from Legend of Zelda. They are always going to be following you forever. And it, 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 it became the end joke kind of like Zach's, Zach's squirrel. I'm okay with that. Because... Every group has their in jokes, and we should always encourage players to find them. Well, and and you know we we talk about DMs, you know, being you know, you know, tired, etc. It's like in an exalted campaign that my buddy Todd runs. He, <laughs> I need to get in on, I need to get on one of those. I know, I know. I, I when we go back to it, I'm telling him. But we were we do sa- every other Saturday, so I can I can manage but, that. I don't care. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is that he came up with a small goblinoid that was actually from magic because he, he forgot to have the group go back to town to get this item. And all of a sudden it comes back. Uh, the thing is, is that then it became a part of the world. One of the, one of the NPCs hit one so hard that it bounces off the edges of the world. And that's well, when it, they can tell, that's how they can tell time. Well, is it is by, creation. Yeah. It's, it's got edges. So you got to worry about yep. that. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it, it's just, it, 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 it literally, they have taken on a life of their own. And the way that he's got it set up is that the higher number they are, the dumber they are. Dumb question. No question. Was he bouncing north, uh, north, south, or east, west? East, west. Oh, good. Okay. So, okay. I, I off the to wilds. Know. Okay. So, he's off the trees, off the water. Got it. I'm okay. No, with no, no. Now. The edge of the world. He was oh. up. He's up in the sky. Oh, okay. Almost in orbit. Okay. So, he's... Oh, I, I, I was <laughs> like wondering which pillars he was bouncing off of. That's all I was yeah. caring uh, yeah, and, and and the thing is, is you have to be careful because if you say the name of this creature, which is a squee, it will appear. Oh, we were God. we were underwater in a submarine, and someone said it. All of a sudden, you hear on the outside of the submarine. Okay, we found this hilarious. So guess what we did? Squee, 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 squee. Yeah. So I mean, in, in somewhere in, is a somewhere's an there's an angry submariner out there who's just going. Exactly. How it works. <laughs> but the thing is, is that sometimes some of the greatest things can come when we have to, as GMs, have to improvise. Right, and a lot of that information uh, improvisation always comes up with. Usually, when a player throws you a curveball, and you're like, um, sh- something weird happens, and that's what happens, and. Now you got something really strange, and now you and now you get to live with it because yep, and everyone gets to enjoy it. I mean, sure, we have our combat memes, which are fun, and they linger. And it's like, it's like we always have those, you know, like well, so and so never misses, and we until he does, and <laughs> and that's fun. But like the, the really memorable moments really do come from the lead up to a combat or how a combat resolves. And it's always that kind of fun part when you get the, and when the players get to have that sense of they're not 
on rails. Like, like, like they get to have some free. They don't have to. You don't need to actually tell them the actual truth that, that they have no free will whatsoever. But when they get to go, wait. But hey, what if I call in that friend of mine from you know, from you know twelve twelve sessions ago? Is he still around? Yes, he is. And can he still bring like his twelve drunk drinking buddies with him? Yes. Sweet, I've got a mob now. You weren't planning on having a mob there, but that player remembered what you said twelve sessions ago, wrote it down in a book, and now he's like bringing it back to you and going, "Well, now I've got a, I've got a mob of of drunken bastards with a bard." We're gonna go like burn down a village, or you know, scare you know, be a bunch of dizzy villains. Good, go, good for you. Go, 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 be awesome over there. And they do, and and it's cool because like because you're giving them options of going. Hey, I'm calling in that favor, and as long as the players like you've forgotten that favor until they it, it, until they told you and now it's more interesting than than if it was just simply here is your rail stay on it it's more fun when mm-hmm. they know that they can ju- jump off the rail they don't realize that they're just landing on another rail but they get to have more fun <laughs> because they're the ones who are doing the indiana jones and the, and the temple of doom jumping from one cart to the next moment that's always cool i encourage them to just exactly. and i mean and I've even had the moment where I have set up the ultimate, the ultimate like, Doom dungeon. Like this was gonna be like a multi-session dungeon. The party looked at it and went, "No, fuck this!" and turned around and left. And I'm like, "Wait, where are you going? Fuck that, fuck that mountain. We're out." And and they left. And I'm like, "You gonna come back? Not without an army." And they did went. They, and re- did they find Dragon Mountain? Yeah. But then they went and found an army. Like, like they, they, they went and like recruited an entire like adventuring guild of people. Like every NPC I've ever run at them that they had written down. They had went and gone, hey, you know that time I helped you? Yeah, get your butt in gear. Grab your shit, get in line. And then they like literally formed like a raid group <laughs> and said, we're going raid, into that dungeon. Right. R-A-I-D. I don't want people to think you said something else. No, R-A-I-D. Raid. Radio raid. Alpha India Delta. Yeah, raid group. Like, okay. a, like they formed like a like a, a company of like a full on company and said we're going to that mountain now. And, and it, yeah, it's like went, someone like some way in my chat just said, you know, I tend to save magic items and pull them out uh, of nowhere when many sessions later, where the GM yeah. just forgets about it. Yep. And it's fun because, and I had totally like, th- like I had this whole thing. I had a, I had a lower level, an upper level, and the upper, and the upper supreme works. There was encounters everywhere, and then suddenly it was supposed to be like a long, slow slog for six players, and then they went with, no, we're bringing in like forty guys who are all fully, te- I fully decked out and geared that we have been working for for a year, earning all their all their loyalty and friendships, and now we're going in, and suddenly it became. Uh, we're deploying first squad this way. This god, okay, you guys, I, I come this way, and it became literally like tactical management. They're moving squad, like not five man teams. No, they're bringing fire support teams up. They're like literally breaking through this dungeon at speed because they're bringing obscene amounts of force against. Everybody. I'm like, like no, it's like. Are you upset that we're beating your dungeon fast? Like, no, I'm actually happy that you're bringing that you a knew who they all were, b remember what they all their gear was, and c using them all appropriately to obliterate this entire dungeon. 
go, go, keep going. And they're like, okay, fuck it, we're going. And it was a hilarious <laughs> encounter because it turned from, like, it made the final fight versus the arc, you know, this grand corrupted dragon into a whole lot more entertaining battle because now I could just go, well, we're turning up the epic gauge to fucking 11 and then breaking the knob off because now it wasn't just simply six guys fighting. No, now it's just each player is running a five, you know, a five man fire team. Go just kill shit. Go make it cool. Do all this fun things. But the thing is, that encounter would never have, that, that entire sessions would never have happened had they not decided to go out and be social and, and, and a, a be social B remember who everyone's names were. Hell, I didn't remember half their names. Well, what, they, they, they wrote it all down, didn't they? They oh, wrote yes. all the names. Okay. They wrote them all. Down. Like as I as I said them, they wrote them down. Wrote down their names, their classes, and the, and and what they liked and disliked, and what favors they owed. I made mention in the chat that one of these days I'll I'll set up a dictation machine to go on a speech to text. And then uh, ask Blaine to properly <laughs> describe how an RPG is designed. No. Just let it go. It will be a weird game. It will. I guarantee you, it will be a completely bonkers game, and it will not be. It will resemble some other game engine, but that's it. But then again, I have a long history of rewriting rules to the point where it's just like, no, that's just. That doesn't work right. That doesn't work right. That didn't work right in session. Let's just keep on working through things until it finally does work. So and whenever you have like players that are trying to find out about guild number A or guild, yeah. me guild member A and, and guild one in a town, how do you go about setting up scenes to where the wizard or the thief or the bard can make use of their okay. own special abilities depends okay depends on say i only have say i'm trying to make like i'm trying to think of how of how i did it just recently with i in, in the last session i so we had our i we had a resident wizard he's a bit of a crackpot and he wandered off and i'm just like like i'm just going off to go and do some final research this is all well. This is all happening while they're trying to like rig, uh, like while one other player is trying to like rig up. He's trying to steal a not steal, acquire a a catamaran so that way they can go sneak up on this uh, on this specter base. Um, and so he's so like, you, you actually embraced the specter base. I, I'm just gonna call it that because it, it was literally an alchemical. Um, an alchemical laboratory that was being used to create a, a horrible, nasty poison and its delivery device that was going to slaughter a town that I had a artifact hidden in that was going to suck all the, all the souls of the dying into it and then open a Shadowlands that will like allow the, allow the armies of the dead to come pouring out of the gateway. But... And it was a... It was a it was a fun, weird thing, and it ultimately ended with the entire facility exploding, while the while, while the bad guy escaped. And like I said, it's James Bond. Um, and well, but, you got you got to have the ending where the, the 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 bad guy starts to get away, but his his little fine rug crashes. His, oh yeah, and, then, and the thing is, is that the part the 
the party killed the guy by literally throwing a giant rock at him. And it crushed him and sunk him into the, into the lake and he drowned. And it was quite oh. hilarious. Oh, I was hoping the head got ripped off and a giant cockroach would come out. That would have been cooler. You, Team America! But the thing is, is that it, it hit his boat and he went and drowned. It was kind of an interesting encounter. And I'm like, well, that's a solution to the problem. And it was. I wasn't going to complain with it. They chose how they wanted to end the, uh, end the encounter. It was kind of funny. And it works. But the thing was, was in the session prior to that, I literally, the, our wizard decided that he wanted to go, you know, go buy some, th- you know, buy some things. Well, he encountered another wizard. They had a little bit of a debate, some, some, some interactions. And it ultimately, you know, I got to play up, you know, up his knowledges, his skills, Allowed him to cast a few spell, I, I, you know, a little bit of magic to try to like identify and help, and, and help work on you know, on some of the you know, ah, some items that he didn't that, that some items that he needed to have repaired and identify them so that way you know it's like it, he got to feel like he was like he did something, but he really was just picking out the gear I was going to give them anyway, but now the, the wizard felt like he actually did something. And I felt, well, good, good for you. And the thing is, the, this, the wizard player was not that great at, great at self-engaging, except for when he wants to cause problems. And so the problems that he ended up causing were actually okay. Mostly just there, he's just there to frustrate people. And that's his entire goal as a player. And I'm like, Fine, if as long as you don't hurt the rest of the party, just whatever. <laughs> and but the same player in the previous session literally broke into somewhere and stole the artifact the party was trying to get, and was like captured, like uh, was captured, beaten up by the party for stealing the artifact the party wanted, but stealing it rather than letting the party earn it. And they beat him, uh, they beat him up, and then put him on on a on the magical version of a leash. And so now he's like, um, can I, can I please do have some fun? No, back here. Cause, and so. Hey, hey so, Bruce. So, yes, sir. That, that right there, somebody was asking what that was. They thought it was a weapons rack. It is a weapons rack. Oh, neat. That a loot. This is a weapons rack. It's a uh, whiz kids. Ah, okay. I'm sorry, I'm just rambling, so... What? Wait, 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 no, no, this is what I pay you for. Okay. <laughs> and the best war monster and, and uh, Motrin you can give me? I'm okay with this. We, we, we actually just feed you a lot of joke cola, and uh, then maybe some black tar uh, heroin, and just sit you down and let you start, like, talking about your PTSD, about being a DM all the time, and this is the stream. So. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> fuck it, okay. You got a black tar heroin guy... Don't think that. Yeah. Kai no, is we put that, some, but see, bad. no, no, no. We put some Mentos in him and then some Diet Coke, stick him up and just let him go. I wouldn't make anybody have that blasphemous drink. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, no. Oh, I can have. Leave me alone. We, well, we could always give him some tab energy drink. Oh, fuck. <laughs> like I said, just, just give me the best room room temperature monster you can got, you've got. I'm fine. Um but yes, I'm a, I'm a big fan of of letting the players kind of have an idea of what they want to do. But I'm yeah. not a big fan of letting them 
do all that. I like giving them, you know, like, okay, well, at third level, Bob, the, the fighter, looks uh, like he's trying to tell me that he wants to investigate what's going on with his brother. And uh, he wrote a backstory for it, a three-page backstory. But it was first oh, yeah. level. So, you know, okay, well, you're third level now. Uh, you can start doing that. Start unlocking some some information here over the next few sessions. And And Pathfinder, as much as people bitch about Pathfinder... A lot of GMs go to it because it's got a lot of rules. Some of them for everything. Not, some of them don't make a lot of lick of sense. Okay. No. But the skills, I love the skills. I could it's pretty handle, solid. Yeah, they're they're unchained skills. The skill unlocks are fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. They are. I've I've not played a better skill skill system yet. And well, if, go ahead. And coming from like three five into you know the Pathfinder one, uh, it, it took a lot of the skills and condensed them down, so you had more, more you know basically skill points more coverage. that you could, yeah more coverage and things that you could actually do, so you didn't have to spend your one and a half points here. Uh, yeah. Yes. And, and things like that because it was like, okay, you have one in here. If it's a class skill, you get a plus three automatic. Done. You know, yeah. it wasn't trying to figure out, okay, well, I've got like 5,000, you know, skill points to now. This isn't a class skill, so I only get one half, one half a point per point I put into it. So I'm going to never be good at anything. I'm bleh. and that was like, oh, good, this is horrifyingly bad. And now I have this skill. It's only half the skill I I want, so I need to have two. Which by the fire, I know. <laughs> I got yelled at. I... For... Hmm? Chad, can you ban that guy in Bruce's? I can't get into it to do it. Which one? The one that keeps posting the same thing over and over again. I'm not seeing a, a person chatting, posting the same thing over and over again. I am. Who is it? Hold on, Garrett. Let me get over to YouTube. Sorry. Sorry, gamers. Thanks, Chad. Because I can't. Well, he's saying no, but I can't even click on his name to do anything. Uh, hide. Well, the hide, he'll just keep posting it. I don't know who Big Mike is. Yeah, put user in timeout. Actually. Oh. Thank you. Thank you, Legion Myth. Wow. I, I don't know the... I don't know the the codes for over on YouTube that like I do over on Twitch. So it's like, well, you just basically on the right hand side of their text message, you highlight the, the text message. Oh, okay. And you get three okay. Dots, the three little dots, what you want to click on and that will help you. Yeah. Uh, report. Yeah. That's what I'm doing too. Harassment. No, it was, it was, uh, yeah. It's actually the report and then do the hate speech is what that basically falls under. Yeah, the vertical hamburger menu. Yep, I got it now. I figured it out. Woo! All 
All right. Victory. Hooray. Yeah, I didn't even see that guy on the stream yard. I don't know how the hell he did that. Well, it was from the... Uh, he was putting it into the chat itself, so I, I have no idea. I don't know how he was able to not let me see it on the stream yard. Because it was what he was saying. It was being held. It wasn't going through StreamYard. Okay. That's why. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Max. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always good to have people that have your back in the chat. and Very much. That are, that are in here tonight. Um, we've hit the hour mark. Yes. We've got some friends that might be watching us. I'm going to throw the link out there for the invite for the panel because they might want to get in on this as well and discuss things. Please let me have a chance to not talk for a bit. I'm sorry. I run so much. This is why we have you around. Once well, a week. You can have me once a week. <laughs> I actually want to have you in a game on a regular basis, but it's got to be on every other th every other Saturday or every third Saturday. And what time do you start? I try to start at noon, and I want to type for like eight hours. I want to go at it for eight hours. Okay. I get off work on Saturdays at one in the afternoon. That's my problem. So I have to be joining in like an hour and a half after you start. Okay. I mean, if that's okay, I can do that. Why my Discord's not opening up? Open. Yeah, no doubt, right? The one time I needed to open it stays shut. Damn you, Discord. <laughs> that's always fun. All right. Um. Uh, I, I like I like having the the people be able to play. Oh yeah, and, and, I, want and them, I want them to be able to to get involved with the game, and it doesn't have to always involve combat. No, but combat's fun. But there no. has to be a break. There has to be a break. To, 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 it's kind of like when you're watching a like a watching a movie or reading a book. You need to have the build up to make the combat feel more important like you gotta have something mm -hmm. that breaks it up you know to get the tension up so that way because if all you do is, do is just endless streams of combat see my biggest my downside of combat is is that combat is even when you have a team of players who are on the ball i mean know every rule have their stat lines figured their attack lines figured out to, into, a, into a matrix block and they've rolled ahead of time and they're just telling you the answers and their damages once they figure out what the ACs are, it still drags. It's like when I, because I only have four hours to play on average to run. If and a fast combat that runs three or four, five rounds, that's an hour and a half of my time of our session. And if I run two combats, that's almost the entire session. Yeah, right there. And I, I and, get that because. You, you, what's your, what's your main game of choice right now, or the game I'm, that you're, you're running? I am currently running 
two games, Pathfinder first, Pathfinder second. And uh, I know which engine I like, but <laughs> they both have their, their pluses and their minuses. And Pathfinder 2 runs faster. I prefer Pathfinder 1. Pathfinder 2 still has combat is slow because I may be on the ball. I'm a GM. I have to be on the ball. But when I'm still when I get a chance to play a character, I'm on the ball. I have my entire matrix already set out. It's an entire it's an entire page I've got set up. So when it gets to my turn, all I gotta do is say, "What's the target number?" Okay, roll to hit. Okay, did I crit? No. Okay, here's my damage numbers. Boom. My turn takes five minutes tops because I you know, I'll ask some important information. And then it goes to everybody else. And this is the problem you always have with every player. No player bothers to read their fucking rules. They don't know their abilities. They don't know their actions. They're doing things wrong. They're, and you have to correct them at every fucking turn. And suddenly, what what should be a two to five minute fucking turn turns into being, so what are you doing? 10 minutes of fucking later, that person's done. And I got to go through five more of these idiots. And, and then we get to go on to, <laughs> and then we get to go on to my, well, now it's my turn to run my, well, I'm going to roll now my 18 minions. Okay. Okay. I'm moving everybody on the board. I'm moving this around. I'm rolling 18 attacks. Okay. You get damage. You get damage. You get damage. You get missed. Damage, damage, miss, damage, miss. Saving throw, getting answers back. Okay. This is damage, damage. I've taken 20 minutes to get through my turn as being the GM, killing, trying to kill them. That. And then it goes back to them. And now I'm sitting here going, Fucking learn your shit. Read your spells ahead of time. Know your fucking combat abilities. And this is what... And it doesn't matter what edition I'm running in. doesn't matter edition what I'm playing in. It's just simply, fucking hell. Know your shit. And now you can know why I'm like... Yes, it is the player's responsibility. And I try very, very hard. The problem here is, is that what I, get, what I have to deal with are is that I... Do most of my gaming, thanks, unfortunately, anymore, due to volunteer work at a high school trying to teach them how to game. I try very hard. So a lot of them, every semester, my kids change. I got to deal with new kids who have to be retaught how to play this game. Mind you, me and the professor who are the teacher who's running this damn thing. We know what we're doing, but we're trying to teach them how to learn it. So we're trying to go. Here's the book. Read the book. Okay, that's a hard thing. That's a hard request to ask kids to do. And then my other my other game, I'm running for a bunch of coworkers who have never played Dungeons and Dragons, but who've known me for a very very long time. And they're like, well, whenever we go over to your house, we see all these gaming books, and if we bribe you with alcohol and food, will you be our GM? Do you know how to play? No. Will you learn how to play? Maybe. The, the booze better be good. And the booze is good. And the food's good. So I run for them. And <laughs> so I, I'm GMing only because of the fact that they're bribing me with booze. And, and that food. is how you level up. You always solicit your document <laughs> with alcohol oh, and, and a attractive woman of age. Of age is the important part there, but most of them are in their th in their late twenties, thirties, or mid mid thirties at the latest. So uh, you know what, of age isn't a problem. And of course, of course, 
he is missing the most important part of when he's talking about the high schoolers is the type of high school it is. Yes, private school. <laughs> no, 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 no. What, what type of school? <laughs> it's a goddamn Christian school, and I hate every <laughs> moment of it. <laughs> but hey, the teacher who's 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 having me do, I help him do all this stuff. He's working on his fucking doctorate, and he's. He called me in to help him run this thing because he's working on his first master's. I've helped him run this thing now through two more masters, and now he's on his doctorate. So when he gets to go, I'm busy with school, three kids, and my fucking doctorate. Could you run Could you run this thing for me this week for the next three semesters, for the next seven, eight, eight years? Yes. Yes, I can. <laughs> Blaine, because you're, what? You're, still, you're still missing as a GM – you really need to enforce that players learn their characters. They have to learn their characters. They have to understand what their spells do. Oh, I, and trust me, out of the six people at the table and there's and a waiting list, four of them know what they're doing. Two of them are always the ones who's like, so what are you doing? I believe we have a Grottenard. Ah, good. I can shut up now. Thank you. <laughs> Ragnar, can you hear us? I want adults to play with. Please let me have adults to play with. Ragnar? I don't think his mic is working. No. Give him a second. The mic is not working. Uh, at the bottom of your screen, you should see a cam slash mic uh, cogwheel. Click that and you should. Ooh. Move the antenna higher. Try to get eight, eight. <laughs> you'll, need, you'll need to to move your Pringles can a little bit, uh, eight degrees towards your. Uh, what? What? God damn it! This reminds me of fucking AOL. <laughs> team speak. Team speak. Sorry, oh. guys. I lagged out. It happens. I'll give him a couple minutes to get everything all squared away. Ah, no, no worries. Oh, no, it's go. Squeeze good. Okay. Um. Oh, oh. I'm going to use that squeeze in the future. I, I, I'm going to have to. No, Grognard, uh, you do have, we can hear something going through your speaker wire, but something's going on with your microphone. And that's that's not have your kid hold it up all night. I like that one. That'll teach him some good good character. <laughs> if he can put it above his head for over thirty minutes, he gets an extra point of constitution. That'll get him from a seven to an eight. Those kids are very very uh, resilient, but they're fragile. Yep. They don't have. They have DR until twelve, and then they. <laughs> Um, yeah, he just tried to come over and play in my chat, and I just shut him down real super quick. Who, Grodnard? No. Oh, that, that guy? Big Mike. Oh, sorry, Big Mike. We don't want you. Okay. I can't see what's being what's happening, so. That's fine. 
that oh oh yeah that was our chat that we just went from like six or eight to four but anyway um <laughs> i uh i i gotta say that remember when you have the the players there and they're dangling between plot threads yeah you've got them you've got them and they're working a few things down on their list of what they want to do with like maybe a thieves guild or or one of the town yeah. guilds yeah and and they're 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 discussing how they're trying to help them out and they want to be you know honest and, and good and such about this and upfront and then you you just show them the business of what it's like to do business with most guilds because most guilds are in business for a reason you know they're there to right. oh and and that's the fun part is if they've if they're in between plot threads you can literally just hit them with a with a bat and just and then suddenly they they're back on like it doesn't need to be like you know you you need to hurt them it's just simply oh hey we're working on the thieves guild and well you can just throw an npc at them do something interesting make the, make it for like you can now and like if they're if they're stalled and their momentum is is just not going anywhere. Now it's like now now is the time when you can just push, just shove them gently and let momentum kick kick back in or or not. And sometimes you know a little a little push isn't enough. Sometimes you just gotta hit them with a back truck and say get the fuck moving, and they go. And because it's physics, once you hit them with a hard hard up, they'll they'll go, and. <laughs> It's more fun that way, and as long as you know kind of where their comfort zone is, you can you can beat them up. With some players, they, with some groups and some players, they could they are tolerant as fuck, and you can hit them with everything under the sun, including things that you can't say in public, and they'll be okay yeah. with it. But with other groups, you're like, eh, gotta be gotta be gentle, gotta be kind, gotta be polite. Gotta be family friendly. Mm, that's so hard to not to do. And, but and that's, and that's why I don't run at game stores so much anymore. Because I used to run at stores all the time, but nowadays everything is so super sensitive. And your right. guy might make a statement, and somebody would just go off on a deep end, you know, on a a Twitter tangent. And I'm and the, I'm and the bad sorry. part. And the bad part is that you, unless you know your players well, you don't know that. And the bad part is that, like, individually, you can know, like, each player's okay with something, but the thing is that they're not all okay with the same things. It's like, I've had one group where I had a player who, boy, his his dark and sinister side was the fucking, like, it was there. And holy shit, like, uh, you're borderline a psycho. Or you got some major, major problems, but you're, but you know what, you're okay at the table, because you keep it under control, except for those times when you don't. And then I tell you just to fucking calm it down some. And <laughs> or usually take them out to the bar and go, what the fuck's your problem? <laughs> and have them just be like, I got some issues and I'm trying to work through them. I'm sorry it came out to the table. And I'm like, I'll buy the next round. You keep talking. OK, now don't fucking don't fucking piss on the other guy again. OK, that would be cool because everybody at the table has to have fun. And, and, and not that's just a, you. That's that's a very important thing. We've I haven't even heard this brought up in the past couple weeks, but all the players 
have to have their time in the sun. Yeah. They, they got to have a reason to come back so they can shine again. All the players have to have their time in the sun. They, they got to yeah. have a reason to come back so they can shine again. Yeah. And the thing is, is that that's as a, as a GM, as a storyteller, that's that, that's important. And I have a player who, yeah, he, and the thing is, is that that's, oh, we got, sorry, there's as a, as a GM, as a storyteller. Why am I hearing double? And I, Ragnard, I'm going to pull you out of the stream just because we're hearing double on things. No offense. I'm not trying to be mean or anything. It's just that you're having technical difficulties. I need you to get those rearranged. Uh, go to your cam mic settings and, uh, Check out your audio and see if that will will work for you. Because otherwise, I won't be able to have you in here. You'll be just bouncing everything that was said in the last seven seconds. Sorry, dude. Okay, go ahead. Mike. I do want to. I I do want you know. I do want to hear whatever your input is in the future. I really yeah. do. Just so that way I get some more feedback because you my feedback. My feedback echo chamber is a bunch of people who have no what the fuck what they're doing, and one guy who is like, "Are you telling me this is going to be a Jay's Bond, Honor Harrington, Starfire, um, Exalted, Pathfinder, um, Legend of Five Rings game?" Yes, I am fucking set. And here's me. Yes, and I can't like, I can do whatever the fuck I want because I'm lucky with that. But that's also me abusing my privileges being the being the GM. <laughs> but. The thing is, is that back to every character needs to have their moment in the sun really is. It doesn't matter if I have to go out of my way and make something interesting for the player who's just sitting there going, I really haven't had a chance to do anything because this one character who is a complete and total spotlight hog has been stealing everything because so. Can you make it fun for me? And he's and he's not saying that, but I can tell by his expression and by what he's doing that he's not engaged. So I will go to my notes, look away and go, oh, hey, what are you up to? And suddenly he goes, I, I wasn't thinking about that. Well, let's, where, are you, where are you at? What are you doing? What's your interest? Well, I've got like uh, – you know, I have like 25 gold burning a hole in my pocket. Let's go spend that. And and then suddenly, well, you know, he might get mugged. He might just encounter a weird lizard person who's just like, "Hey, what's up? I'm kind of I'm kind of mischievous, but I'm actually not." And suddenly there's an entire like I work like it really is being able key of it is just are you looking at each player and going, well, you have all the screen time and some players are okay with being the support that like, they don't mind being a support character, like a, like a support, a supporting actor. Like they don't need to be the headline character. Cause like the, when I do have to actually play a character in support of a GM, who's like wanting to learn my like, being the GM, they're like, like, well, Blaine, don't you want to? Don't you know how to do everything? I'm like, no, kids. You're here to learn how to play a game. You're here how to learn how to cooperate and do teamwork and storytell and figure out how to problem solve as a group. My job is here to just pull your ass out of the fire. Oh, so guess what? You're now the leader. You figure out the problem. If you need help, I'm here. 
but until you need help, don't talk to me. And and I push them out, and I push them right out the door and go, learn to fly, motherfucker. <laughs> and they have to go. And it's like, you just have to teach them. And, but it does come down to reading a room. I can't have one person do everything and have the rest of the party just go, well, until someone rolls initiative, we're just going to sit here and coast. You got to be able to pull them into the, but most GMs, I, I, I don't expect most GMs to be, able to, to be able to do that because that's time management and that's education that comes with it. So, and it really is, it's, but it's always situational. Sometimes some people don't need the screen time, but you got to make sure that when it comes around time, you make them feel really good about themselves. Like, like the character who's always in the quiet background, I'm, I'm always watching and going, hey, there's these little things you want to watch out for. And so far, there's this little mini game that I've got going on where he's he's now convinced that there are like ghost ninjas following around the party because every once in a while, because I know he's the best perceptive character, I kind of go, hey, make a perception check. And he's like, rolls. You think something's following you. And he's paranoid as fuck, and I love playing with him because now he's like convinced that there's a little ghost following him everywhere. And I like it because now he's like, now he's got something to do, and I'm okay with that, and it's great. And if some player goes, if all I want to do is go out and get drunk, cool, go get drunk. Until which point that I, you know, hit you with, I, I hit you with a drunken bar, but I, I, I bar guy is gonna punch you in the face because you know you, you, you look funny, <laughs> and that's it. Because nobody should just sit at the table all session and do absolutely nothing. Yeah, I, I hate that whenever you have a player that they uh, they're not engaged, they're looking down at their phone, they're they're watching a Netflix special or they're yeah. checking out Facebook. They're not in your game. They're at your table. They're not in your game. And and I hate like I could see it if somebody's at your table but they're not with a group for like they're yeah. they're not within like two hundred miles. I don't need to hear this. Well, yeah. okay, do me a favor. You don't have to be at the table if you want to go in the living room, if you want to go sit over there, if you need a cigarette. Because don't do that. It's like I had a campaign where this is before I became where I had a chance to not be eternal GM, where the party decided to strand me, just strand me off somewhere else. And then they all wandered away. And I had to, and I wasn't part of the group for like three sessions. I had to sit at the table and just go, I'm not even in the same time zone as you guys right now. What do you want me to do? Well, do you have any input? Yeah, but I'm keeping track of how much time you guys spend, and then I'm writing down what I'm doing to the GM. So if you guys feel free, it's like four months of gate, I mean, four months of in character time passed during that during those three sessions, and the party's like, well, we got X done. I'm like, I'm free of the party, right? I have no constraints. Correct. You have th you have four uh, four months and freedom. Do what you want. <laughs> and it was fun. I went off and did my own thing and then came back to the party when the party needed me. And they're probably like, "Wow, where'd all this stuff come from?" Um, you gave me time to actually have a life. This is what happens when you guys have lives, guys. Look, family, friends, business, allies, wealth. What do you guys got? Oh, we got some treasure and some cool stuff and some allies too. Cool. Now we're on. Uh, now we're on the same level. But 
that was a player that was a party choice on how to beat me up, <laughs> and it was great. <laughs> yes, I too don't really like the alcohol too much, but it helps end it a long week. I agree. I I I drink on a, a daily basis just because the doctor said two will not hurt me. It'll be good for the heart. So oh, that's, that's what I do. Um. Grognard, I don't know if you're you, okay. He's on mute right now. I did not mute him. Whenever you get your your issues sorted out, there, go on ahead and just let us know or or start talking. Preferably, would you know, like wait for somebody to take a breath, then go for it. <clears throat> Talk over me. I'll be okay with it. I'll shut the fuck up right immediately. Um. Wait. Wait, hold on. But Brian takes breaths. I haven't seen this yet. Uh, I, I uh, breathing is optional. <laughs> yeah, I've not, I've not seen Blaine take a breath yet. This is this is odd. It's like watching uh, Big Trouble in Little China, and you realize two hours of, or an hour and thirty minutes has gone by, and it's the best experience of your life at a theater. And it's oh. still one. Of, it's still the best movie to watch. It's great. You know, they just had it on Red Letter Media, and it was the number one John Carpenter <laughs> film from Rick Evans, and it was number four for Jay, and uh, Jay's got like the thing at number one, which is a great movie. But I, I still love just watching Big Trouble in Little China because that is like the the greatest movie because it's got everything in it. Yeah, it it, it feels like you're actually watching a movie that's directed by a man from somewhere else. And he's showing you a slice of life in a part of America. You'll probably never see. And, uh, you know, along with that, you get your magic, you get your romance, you get, you get everything in that film. You get some really good action scenes. It's, 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 it's a movie that is, is just soul candy. Yes. Uh, on the DVD, there's a yep. commentary track with Kurt Russell and John yep. Carpenter. And they talk about all the actors that are in that movie and where they're at. I think it was 2009 or 2007 when they recorded that DVD commentary. Wherever they were, like most of the actors that were involved with it were doing pretty good. Uh, the the, uh, the egg, egg foo young guy, he had not died yet. Egg Shen. Egg Shen had not died yet. So they, they weren't talking about him in past tense. That's the, that's the one that hurts. Yeah. No, and they're talking about redoing it too. I hope not. I hope I, not. That's my I, that is my I, Easter movie. I have to watch it every Easter. So it it's a it's a quality film that they don't need to try to redo or make a sequel to it. It, it really they had a sequel movie or a sequel video come out. Uh, what was that? Two thousand twelve. And John Carpenter gave it a thumbs up because it was the Gundam style or Gun Gun style, uh, but it was a parody of it. And it was uh, David Lopan style. Oh, so, dear God. I, yes, I missed this. I missed this. Yeah. John Carpenter gave it a thumbs up, seal of approval. James Wong showed up <laughs> in it. He's like 90 years old, 95. Guys like ancient. I mean, he really looks like like David Lopan now, and uh, he he showed up. He he did a little cameo, and the guy that plays Amos West Chatham is uh, the guy that does the majority 
of the acting for the Kurt Russell character. So that okay. it, it's it's pretty 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 good little watch. About four minutes of your time, but absolutely worth it. All right. Myth, no, Big Trouble in Woke China will not happen. I will not acknowledge it, nor have I acknowledged <laughs> seven, eight, or nine of Star Wars. Anything new of Star Trek, and uh, there's never been a female Doctor Who. All right. I I just I I, I like having my my good media entertainment. And I I tried watching Jody, and that that was bad. Yeah. All reboots are going the way of Space Jam 2. Nothing but Easter eggs and no story content. You're right. That's all they're doing. Hey, remember this member, Barry? Aren't you glad you waited 45 minutes in a theater chair with $13 popcorn to see this? All right. On the next 45 minutes of shitty plot and bad CGI. Oh, and by the way, you don't get a proper Luna Bunny or Lola Bunny. By the way, go ahead. I was going to say, um, AMC theaters on a Sunday, eleven o'clock in the, in the morning. It's only three dollars fifty cents to get free popcorn now. <laughs> All right, Grognard. If you're in the chat, Grognard, go ahead and post your gripe or complaint that you have with how Blaine sets up his uh, is getting the characters towards the game. If Which, you're still in the chat, I don't mean to be a, a meaning. I want you to be able to speak and talk and I get will, your ideas out. And I will be open and I open and honest. My way is not perfect. It's not the right way. It's how I do things, though. So, well, I'm going to amend that for him. It's not the right way. It's not the wrong way. It's just the way he enjoys it. That's right. So, you know, when it comes to DMing, there's many different styles. There's also many different ways to approach things. So, uh, you know. And, and to you know, you know, some people go super hard hitting with this nothing but combat, combat, combat. And some people, some people like the little happy medium. Other like, people, you know, like the like the intrigue, the uh, and the, I, the sleuthing. Yeah. Now, if I could find a GM who could make combat interesting and make the traps and makes puzzles and traps both interesting and like. Not so so easy that you know a four year old can figure it out, but also not requiring you know some obtuse weird contraption to make it work. You know some leap of faith logic that nobody on earth but themselves can figure out. You know what? I'd be up for that game. I I, you know, I would sit at that table. I'd enjoy it immensely. And and you know what? Deep, TPKs are fun. I've had several, and they're fun. I've done them. I've been part of them. And you know what? You have some good stories behind them. But sometimes, you know, that's not for everyone and not every table. I'm okay with that. So. Uh-oh. Don't trust StreamYard. StreamYard is asshole. Sorry. <laughs> I had to do it. It's okay. Um, I, I, I like to have the players engaged and I want to have them to where they're able to interact with the world. It, it, it takes you about two years of actually playing with a group before they start feeling comfy in the world 
and they they get their municipality, they get the they understand yeah. the people in there. And you've got to you've you've really got to just put in the work as a GM to make the world breathe. And if you do that with the right players that are willing to sit there and put up with it <laughs> and try it. Sorry. Why let yeah, it just, he just you could kill him. <laughs> wow. That's the most beautiful moment ever. <laughs> I could if somebody would run a, tw- this, a Z-Lab 2021 campaign, I would be on board with that. And this is why I am personally going to erect a statue to max the size of a standard D20. <laughs> oh, I, I, I want to make a statue of Max bigger than a statue of Liberty. <laughs> All right. Just Just kidding. But, you know, there are some people that understand where that joke leads. Uh, yes. No. Yes. <laughs> I don't do dick stories in DDD, D&D. Puzzles are fine. PCs aren't dicks. And if the player is booted from the game, the, that, that, if the player's you know, being a dick in the game, you, yeah, you get, you get your ass it, shown the door. It has oh. to be bigger than the no, Gygax no, 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 statue. No. Has to be. No, 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 no. The thing is, is that if they're going to be dicks, that's fine. You're the GM. All of a sudden, they get cordoned off from the party. Yeah, and they come against an against a huge, uh, you know, like a dragon, because you don't meddle in the affairs of, dra- of dragons because you are taste you're good and taste good with ketchup. I don't know. I've also run with dragons who could buy out your entire. Um... Your entire kingdom in five seconds. So hey, that's a good idea mm-hmm. too. Ne- never be afraid. Like you, not all your dragons have to be. You know, rar. I eat you. It could just be simply rar. I bought all your sock options. So rar. I bought your family, and yep. you know, and, and now I'm going to eat them yep. slowly. Yep. Because you know, you got options, and it's like, and they don't always have to be dragons. But saying the word dragon makes everybody happy. I, I want to see the players be able to, to understand the world they're in, and to actually have an idea of when I say it's going to take us about maybe seven days to get to this location. It's seven days. Yeah, they they. We can either speed this up and have a fast travel or a random encounter, or you know, just all depends on how the dice work on this. But, or if you guys have anything else that you need to do before I get the game rolling, I need you to to let me know. But the current plan is I'm going to roll for random encounters. I'm going to make sure that we have if there's something going on that you guys are aware of it, and I want you guys to to just enjoy the process. And, and then, like, maybe four days later, I might split it up where they actually enter an inn and they can find that, you know, hey, not all inns have running water and yep. uh, shit, you know. But the also, thing- it's the world filled with magic. So if they have a cleric, he can make water, create water, and then he can, you know, be paid as part of the whatever it might be. But no, he you say that, and I keep remembering what I did to one to, in your game that one time. 
<sighs> you know what? You're not wrong. I, I'm glad you can't fully expound on why I'm wrong, but I do want to hear it eventually why I am wrong, just so that way I know how to get better. Is that okay? I, I, if you can probably ask Bruce or someone else my email in private, just just write it down for me how I'm wrong, so that way I can read it and know why I'm wrong, so I, I can get better. But I, I want them to be able to enjoy enjoy that little seven days. They might have a life-threatening encounter that makes two of their hirelings absolutely rendered dead. Maybe they've got 80 pounds of horse flesh from one of their horse teams that yes. you know, they, they might have to get rid of. But I want them to have, you know, a, at least a reason that they are adventuring. I want them to, when they arrive, I want them to have NPCs they can interact with and have them touch on various connections they've made in other towns and such. Mm -hmm. Or somebody might just absolutely have no connection to the new town at all. Legion of Myth doesn't like the, the oh, either piss and vinegar or the horse flesh idea. Damn. We don't know yet. Okay. So, you know, you get I to appreciate whatever you write, okay? You get, you get to this location and you you start talking, you start interacting with people. There's no reason to draw steel. You're at an inn. Typically, right. most people don't expect to have fights there. We're going to be drinking, carousing, maybe gambling or tests of strength or, or contests of strength at a at a table for big boys, that sort of thing. And it, it'd be an opportunity for, for more things to happen that the GM usually doesn't pull out of his ass. That works. I do. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I already busted your chops last week in the comments, Blaine. Wink. I'll have to go out and go read them. I'm so, I didn't realize it was it, it was it was up for me to read. My apologies. Dude, I I don't delete comments, okay? I'm I'm not that DM. I uh, huh. I I like to leave things up and that people read either my my errors in judgment or my my amazing spelling, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. I, I don't, I don't your ears, your your ears in judgment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I several several errors in judgment. I mean, uh, yeah, my bad ideas. <laughs> I I never said they were bad. Just errors in judgment. Works for me. But I I want the players to to interact. I want them to, yeah. to have an idea of who their friends, who their allies are. When they get somewhere, like maybe they're talking to a cousin of somebody they just rescued out of a out of a hole last week, and this guy gets to shake his hand and, and buy him a beer, or maybe he's pissed. He's like, "God damn it! Did he get any money out of him? He still owes me seventeen gold because he killed my prized donkey, you know, yeah. or something like that." And that's a great way. To, and, and that's a good hook to bring them in. So yes, <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> Well, and, and the thing is, too, is that it also gives them time if they say, well, I want to, you know, look for this, this, and this item-wise. Yep. Now, that gives you an entire thing of, okay, well, now you've got to go ask around who may have this. You know, mm -hmm. you may you have to go, you know, you'll, you know, then it becomes, that's where the more of the R-O-L-E play comes into it. Yeah. 
and and being able to to have them use those skills that just you know sit there a lot of times that you know we don't really think of unless we're like in a dungeon going oh well you know perception check oh you, oh. you see snow. Oh no, you see snow and penguins. Oh no. Oh. You know, know, you know what I mean. And the thing is, like if you can encourage people to actually use more of their skills, and the thing is, if you leave it open ended to the point where they can actually go, like, I want to do this. Well, how do you plan on doing it? It gives them a chance to look at it and go, Oh, wait, I might know what to do here. Or hey, can I do this instead of this? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you can. Go ahead, try. And, you know, unfortunately, most GMs have trained their players to fear that phrase. It's like, well, what phrase are you using? You can try. And most players go, uh, I'm apprehensive. I'm scared because you're going to hit me now. I'm like, no, I'm not going to hit you. Do you think I'm an abusive um, spouse? No, I'm your GM. I am abusive, but not in that way. And the GM's like, the player, oh, so you're not going to punch me for trying to be stealthy for no reason no are you not going to hit me for using a using a, a lore to get me more bonuses no no i'm not and suddenly it's like and once you stop hitting them at every moment and telling get in line get in line and suddenly they're like the proficiency like or these older terms proficiency and the players are going okay well, I'm going to use this. Now I can feed them a little bit more information. Now they can come out of their hole a little bit, try, experiment a little bit more. And now you're pulling them out of their out of their comfort zone, and now they're more willing to just try to be more than just stats on a, sh- sets on a sheet. You know, Blaine, I would love it if uh, you were able to have the time to read the book, Bill's Dirty Tricks for uh, Dungeons & Dragons. It, it's Bill Webb, Frog God Games, the CEO. And he yeah. wrote a book on how to just totally run characters ragged and pull yeah. in different directions and do stuff. So uh, the thing is that chats are hit on like uh, how the skill system in 3.0 and 3X really is almost, you know, pen and paper, push button gaming where like, all right, roll a die, you win! Because players can get like 30,000 fucking points and a skill as a total bonus plus a D20. Yeah. And you said, well, the difficulty class for that's only a 32. And so now you have to spill all your guts about this as a DM and tell them. And Bill kind of, he said, I don't like the newer systems at all. I really like the systems where you converse with the players and you just have this exchange of information and, and it goes back and forth. And the thing is, is that that's, that that's good if you have players who are actually coherent most of the time and not every like like i said i have like i've seen enough players come across my tables over the years and a lot of them and some players can one of them i can swear he was trying to like i think his career goal was emperor palpatine and he could literally talk his way out of anything and then use psychology to twist you into whatever goal he wants. That and is it was, what Russ or uh, that's what Russ wants to do. And yeah. <laughs> he was an he was an amazing player. But the thing is, at the same table as with that guy was a guy who I can best describe as about as sharp as a marble. 
good guy. Boy, he knew his rules, but he wasn't able to engage. Now, do I penalize the guy who is a bit slow? I mean, he's not dumb, but he's just not picking up on social cues as good. And it's like, but we also had rules for perception back in in older editions too. So we had proficiencies that you could roll and do stupid things with. We've just we've always had this in at least from second edition on, and we've had weird stuff to do to make things. But the thing is, I have smart players who are ambitious, engaged, and can run. And then I have players I have to drag along. So if I only if I don't give them any vehicle to be able to interact, it'll be simply, "Hey, what are you up to?" Uh, I'm I'm doing something. And then I have to go. Could you wipe the drool from the corner of your mouth, please? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Sorry. Um, is it my turn? No, no, it's not. We're gonna go back to people who are smart and are able to think for themselves. And then the game shifts away from them again. And I feel bad because I'm not allowing them to do much because they're not running hard because I, there's no framework for them to operate in. And you need to give them something. How, something. Do, how, do, you get them, how do you get them to where they're at least at the table and understanding what's going on between uh, players and the referee? How do you get that? Well, the thing is, is that with the player who was slower, like he wasn't slow, but I said who just wasn't picking up on certain things as fast. His problem was was he didn't really have, like at first he didn't like if I just gave him a blank sheet of paper he would just stare at it because I just gave him a blank sheet. The thing is that with a little bit of prodding, I slowly managed to like work out of him what he wanted, what his goal was, what he liked, and suddenly I'm like, okay, here's what you should, here's what you can do. Work on this combo. Work on this, and start the. And now I can start directing him, not pushing him, not telling him what he does, but give him a direction, and then give him like five options, and let and let, and let him go. Okay, this is what I want, and then you push him in that direction. It turns into so rather than the players who are more free form and incompetent, he you start treating him more like it's a choose your own adventure. And then you're, you're pushing him slowly towards he, – he's making his choices. You're just giving him the choices to make rather than the choices who are going, this is what I want. Throw me the consequences. And I like both – like I prefer the players who just go, damn torpedoes, I'm going forward. And then throw you throw obstacles in their way rather than the player who goes, I need help on figuring out. But the thing is both players are valid players. <laughs> Well, see, the thing is, too, is, is and, and I'm, I'm going to actually address that, Shad, is that it's also up to the DM when he calls for those skills. Yeah. They can be sitting there having a conversation with somebody, and then it's up to the actual DM to call for the role. Yeah. And if, they say, if they say, well, I want to roll this. And the the easiest answer you can give, you don't glean anything from it, right? If I don't, and, and, and just and, and just let it go. 
So yeah, yeah if you know, yeah, just but if they're having a conversation and they make some kind of you know a, a comment that doesn't and the way they say it, then the DM can go, we want to try to sense how you know his motivations behind this. You know, and then they're like, oh, okay, then they can try to roll that sense motivation. Or, you know, they can try to rule, like, if the bard, bardic knowledge to see if, well, is this they guy know. telling us the truth about this? You know, it, it, using it more as a verify as opposed to get it in. Now, I haven't watched too many of uh, Bruce's games because I don't have time to get, to, I, I don't have time to watch them for more than an hour or two. But I had the same problem where my players do constantly want to roll perception checks and i i screw with them it's like if they roll when i tell them not to or it's like if they roll without me telling them to i i give them false information if they're looking for information you give them the false information and it's it it's like if they're looking for it well guess what well yeah i can look around for like i'm paranoid i'm looking around for everything well you know what you you start feeding them false information i Perhaps it's just me playing way too many submarine hunting games where it's like false false signal, false lead, false this. They're rolling. You're giving them false information, or it could be true. And depending on how they're they're reading how they're reading your I mean, what you give them, like so they're they're going active. Congratulations. They're they're just going to go. I'm just trying. Congratulations. You're going to. Just run yourself ragged, chasing signals until you find something that actually matters, and that's what it comes down to. So, you've got to be the sonar operator that's yes. there in a tiny room with the <laughs> fucking sound-powered phones on and all the equipment in front of you, looking yep. for irregularities in the audible acoustics of the ocean around you. And yep. that is exactly what it is. And I, yeah. fuck, I mean. I, I never served on a submarine. I was always I was always surface fleet, but like I can tell you that you want to meet some boring motherfuckers, and God bless these guys. They're almost as bad as crypto people. God bless those two. But the uh, the sonar <laughs> technicians that the USN had back in the nineties, they had the most bland personality training filtered through out of their A school, and you had to work with these guys for six or eight months before they would start waking up. And be able to be a person again, because yeah. for the most part they had zero personal skills. Anyway, Legion of Myth. Hey, it was great seeing you here tonight. Thank you so much. Um, and and Shadzar is is hitting again. I mean, Shadzar punches at the weak points on, on RPG systems. That's why oh, yeah. I love having him around. And he he beats up on three X really well because three X says if you roll a twenty, the player automatically knows. The type of creature they're fighting oh. and knowledge roll for whatever is per pertinent for that knowledge roll. And this is where the fun rule. This is where the fun thing of, um, I don't think so. Tim comes up. Okay, your house ruling it. Like yes, we house ruled only because of the fact that we ran into that problem, and we're like, yeah, no, they're, but but that's also because I'm we're used to playing. I, I I'm used to and the people I've been playing with. I used to play with a lot more. We're used to playing much more open-ended games where nat twenty doesn't mean a goddamn fucking thing. Plus, you can't crit a um a skill check. Sorry, and so we just kind of moved with 
there are sometimes information you just don't know. It doesn't matter if you roll a nat 20 on fucking your check. Guess what? I'm sorry. I'm not going to tell you the tell you God's phone number just because you rolled your religion check down nat 20. Sorry. Not going to happen. Fey, this, What's that? this type of fay has 2d4 white hairs sprouting off its head that if you do a steel maneuver check off of it, it will gain two negative levels in the middle of the combat. And tell that to a player, oh my god, you're you're just a fool to a DM. No, and the thing is, is that like, but the thing is, that's part of. But at that point, you're you're dealing with the, you're just dealing with I mean, with do you do you breach the the I mean, the compact that you versus that you and the players have? If the players are breaching it by by being too much of an asshole, well. Things are gonna things are gonna go wrong, and you're going to have to. You have problems at the table that they're going to have to be addressed with outside of the table. That's really what it's going to come down to. And yeah, I clamped down pretty fast on the players who were telling me, like, who were rolling when I told them not to. You know, when I don't tell them to roll, but I don't penalize them too much if they're rolling at a moment that I go. That's appropriate, but when it's like, ah, you're walking down the street, and um, I'm looking for what? I'm looking. That's not an option. Or I yeah. go up to this person and talk, to, and I roll a check. No, what are you doing to, to provoke the check? What are you? So you have to drag them screaming back to the actual game itself and force them to actually play the game. And so it, it is give and take. It's not just me telling you the result of your role. You got to tell me why you're making the role in the first place without me provoking it. So therefore, it's like if you do something wrong and I tell you or like you do something interesting, I tell you make a role. Now it's now it's OK. But if you're just telling me I walk on the street and make a role, that's not an option. Tell me why you're making the role. Tell me what you're doing to make the role. And now. But and now we're continuing the player GM compact of cooperation. The moment you break it, things go wrong. So you remember the movie, and this was not a very good movie. It was the Gamers Part One. Yes. <laughs> remember the argument or the the discussion between the thief and the GM? Yes. Oh. A room yeah. of my level. Would I notice anything out of the ordinary? Just. No. It, it, it no. Yes. I, I know that scene way inch too well. By inch. Millimeter by millimeter. Yes. And I believe those were and I believe those were off second ed rules, was it not? It was. It was yes. indeed off second ed rules. <sighs> oh, I mean yeah, the, the thing the mine. thing is is that I know Shad Shad is like about the, the the point and play, you know, push button stuff, but it also comes back also to the DMs. Yeah, if you and because I, I your players, you've got to think about about it this way. I've spoiled players in bad ways. I should not have done your, that. Your your players are like toddlers. I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say this. They are you. You are the nanny that keeps the toddlers from doing really, really. You know, to keep them in line with how you want to go. Mm -hmm. now, if they if they want to stick their finger in the light socket, okay. But 
you know, are they going to keep, if they keep saying, oh, I want to look at things, I want to look at things. This is one reason why I myself have gotten away from the D20 systems. I've moved more to like D10 systems, D6 systems. Uh, the, you know, it's, it's, to me, they, it, it takes a lot more out of the, the, you know, I'm going to use like what we're doing right now on our every other Saturday. We're doing Chaos Space Marines out of the <laughs> out of 40k RPG. Well, we we also we also have a house rule. It's called the Thaddeus rule because in a game long before, there was a gentleman uh, named Mike who was playing a character named Thaddeus Crow. He no Thaddeus. Told and he pulled out, uh, pulled out, and doo -doo 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 -doo, you know, shot. He kept rolling tens. Tens explode in that system, in the Rogue Trader slash Death Watch slash yes. all that system. Yes, he rolled so many. The 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 thing is, is that he rolled so many of them, the GM just said it's dead. So yeah. he now put a cap of, I think, three explosions just because of penetration, et cetera, with the weapons you're using. You know, it's 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 the thing. And the, you know, doing things like that, yes, there are exploding dice, but the combat moves so much quicker and things like that. Oh, God, that game is fast. It's lethal, but fast. It's very lethal and very fast. But if you look at that, you also look at things like vampire, werewolf, mm. you know, exalted, Werewolf's. you know, the, 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 the details. I know a lot of people are like, uh, ah. you know, it's, but, you know, a lot of people are getting away from the D20 systems just because it's saturated. Uh, it, it's so saturated and people want something different. Like, like for me personally, I've got, you know, Monster Hunter International that was just put out for, for Swade. And I, I've yet to, to play it. I've read through the books. I love the actual book series itself. Mm -hmm. And and the thing is, the, the book series has got one of the greatest openings ever to a book series I've read. I will say that Larry Carrera writes his, has the same type of writing style as... Uh, as the as butcher does with Dresden, so it's kind of light and it's easy to get yourself inserted into. Yes. Oh, very, 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 and it is. But I, I've got the the RPG for it, and a buddy of mine got another one that was out for I think the original, and we played it a couple times, messed around with it. But really, I have not really dug into it to play it because, once again, we're looking at another D20 system. And I, I myself, I, I've kind of overplayed the D20 systems like with Bruce. I gamed with Bruce for, well, what, 10 years? Felt like it, but it was actually about yeah. five. About five years. Out of that five years, four and a half of those, I was the cleric in every single game. Did you play with us during the Curse of the Crimson Throne? Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember if you were there whenever <laughs> Katrina had her moment. Mm-hmm. I yes. feel pretty. Oh, yes. So pretty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And but 
at that point, you know, I, I I was starting to get burned out at that point. And then time went on. You know, this has been quite a few years. I'm still really burned out on it. Well, I mean, there's 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 big problems with the D20 system. I'm going to cite combat takes way too long. Um, I like I like a faster flowing system. I like uh, I like Hackmaster Five E a lot. I haven't had a chance to try to try that game. So you've managed to play it? No, I haven't had a chance. Um, have- basically, like at the start of the combat, like. Everybody rolls their initiative die once they realize that combat's happening. And that initiative die is how many seconds from now it is before you can actually start making orders for your character. And if you're in the middle of an ambush, they were waiting for you. They start at zero. So in one second is when they start counting up, they can do stuff. And it keeps counting up in seconds. Everything happens in seconds. So like you're, you're swinging a short sword might take Five seconds. And so from second nine to second 14, you're trying to get your weapon around to hit this thing in front of you. But on second number 12, a goblin magic user hits you with a magic missile and it knocks you on your ass. And it actually, uh, you know, it does that. So now you've got to stand up on the next initiative that you can and figure out how you're going to defend yourself or you're going to get attacked while you're on the ground. But it is a very fast-flowing combat system compared to D20. Mm-hmm. You have you have, uh, you have to have like a little spreadsheet or a little uh, like a note card next to you telling you how many seconds everything that you would normally do takes, like your casting times, your weapon speeds. Okay, yeah. Your movement. And you just... It's a continuous round. And so, like, somebody that's got a... They're going to cast Meteor Storm. It's going to take them 12 seconds to cast it. Well, in the time that wizard was going to cast that, a fighter got up to him and attacked him with his two weapons and ruined his concentration, and the spell's lost. And then another wizard hit him with three volleys of magic missile because they only take, like, three seconds to cast each. And so before that guy could get off his spell, he was killed. Okay, and, and that's and that's also like in you know going back to the um, exalted system. It is set up where you have ranged goes first, melee goes second, magic goes third. Well, that right the, there, and then you, right and, out of the the basic rule cyclopedia. That's how initiative yep. used to be. And then you roll to see where you fall in under your group. <laughs> yeah. Join battle. So and then, and, and, and we and used to really I, I I used to really really torque off the magic users and then the melee users because you know okay exalted wins. exalted is one thing you have to realize think of and heathen dog would would love this uh, description but think of it as like an you're you're basically an anime type character. With cool anime powers, a starting and as one person put it, a starting character is about the equivalency to a tenth to twelfth level character in Dungeons and Dragons. That's a starting character. It's yes. about that capable. So, and you go up from my, there. 
and I was playing an Eclipse, which was basically a a uh, diplomat is the best way to put it. Yep. So I was firing my arrows into the sky. Now, if you think of five hundred mm. or three hundred, I should say, we'll f- we'll fight in the shade. I was doing that. And then, not only that, it wasn't just normal. And that was just me. And then, not only that, I did white arrow, which makes them the size of ballista bolts. Yep. Coming down. Shadzar, that would be exactly how I would like it to be. I would really enjoy group initiative being the way standard it would be, because that would just make things so easier. Players act. I act. Things would be so much easier than it would, but that's not how it works because everybody wants to be special and in- and an individual. Even though it usually ends up being everyone goes first, then I go for- go anyway, and they're just all having a big pissing fight to see who goes first in the kill in the killing grounds. And I'm just like, mm, okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt. Sorry. Yeah. I- I saw Shadow's no, comment, and I really, I, I like, I agree with most of what he's saying, actually. So, yeah. But yeah, it's the the thing is, is that yeah, you know, the the three O O L G, you know, open gaming license is, it's been overused. Very. It's been used and abused, and abused very hard. I mean, don't say that too loud because I still need to copyright and get my system printed and have. To drive through, take it so I can make make no money whatsoever on it because I'm going to give it away for free, and I'm it's going to be called the Everyone Must Pay Edition because that's funny as fuck, and I'll have it and the the the, the credits is my my Jewish lawyer attorney uh, accountant wrote it for me. Oh Ow. wait, did I say that? Oh yeah, everybody, everybody, you said the quiet part loud. You're not supposed to do that. But it was funny. I thought it was. Yeah, the uh, it, 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 full full Ted DB old school Ted DiBiase. Everybody's got a price. Yeah, well, yes. you know, I I really like the uh, Mel Brooks-ish humor, and I I really want to do like a, a commercial with some sort of like shyster from like Brooklyn doing the ad for the the Everyone Must Pay edition of the game. But it, I tell you what, it's the OGL is over abused. It. There's so much shit products out there. If you want to run a game and you're having a hard time with 5th Ed or 3rd Ed, you can find any number of OSR games out there. You can find the game you're looking for. And I really appreciate, if we're going to just go off on this tangent real quick, I like Star Wars D6. That's still my favorite system I've ever ran. In terms of getting players to the table, it worked. In terms of keeping players at the table for over two years, it worked. And you, you do that. It, it worked really well. Uh, the, the best yes. system I, I ever ran was still Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, first ed and second ed from Hogshead. Because that was just a very ugly, brutal game system. And the initiative for that, it counted down. Your initiative was a set number. That might go up between careers, but usually it didn't. No, it didn't. If, if you're if you're elf, you go first, and then it it just falls from there. But typically, 
players love that game until the final death knell that they had where they realized like, wait, what happened to my character? Oh yeah. You had like a three wound hit on you. So I had to roll on this instant kill chart and I had to roll on that bloody death chart is how you died. This is the result. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I love about the, uh, the, like the rogue trader type system in the back of the book. They actually, you actually take the type of weapon it was, weapon damage. Then you roll percentile to see how it died, and it explains in gory detail. I love oh, yeah. how you died. It's oh, yeah. it's amazing. You know that that's one thing. And and truthfully, with that 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 actually has led to some you know, uh, you know nicknames for some care for some you know PC players. For players, the the rule is is that if you if you get a nickname, you don't get to choose it. Oh no, no, no! Yeah. Given to you by your peers. Yeah, well, no, that's what that's I'm saying. Cool. That it's 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 given by the peers. You know, like one one of the one of the people you know, you know, shot the orc right through the forehead. So we called him we called her bullseye. It was like literally right between the eyes. <laughs> done uh another one was uh the the uh one of the fighter types would always wind up on a critical hit taking off an arm every time oh yeah so we call him lucky mm-hmm. so yeah you know it's it just weird things like that uh it, it, it's it's you know just things like that that happen and you know you you look at also some of the other publishers back in the day that out there, I'm going to use one from our area because, you know, both myself and Blaine and Bruce, all three knew one of the guys who founded it, uh, Judges Guild. Yep. Who put out a lot of stuff. And Dave Searing worked for him and Kevin Simbata was an artist for a while. Then he went on to Palladium Games uh, you had a lot of really good talent come out of Judges Guild, and they were even mentioned in the first edition DMG. And uh, if you want more Dungeons and Dragons stuff, there is a supplier that we recommend in Decatur, Illinois, and Sunnyvale Road. So they they had that in the DMG first ed. It was really interesting to see that for the first time. And I realized that my hometown used to actually be something, and now it's just a collection of empty buildings. Thank you, high taxation. And yep. uh, yeah. My bad. I didn't mean. To, I didn't mean to thank, go there. Thank you, high taxation, and that beautiful smell that the plant puts off. Yep. AD, uh, ADM, I think, is what a- it ADM is. ADM and Staley's. It yeah. used to be it's Daly's. Now it's Tate and Lyle, the Tate and Lyle Bridge on Twenty Second Street. And, and mm-hmm. if you have never vomited before in your own vehicle, just drive across <laughs> the Twenty Second Street Bridge in Decatur, Illinois. You'll you'll get that that that's a good hometown feeling that most townies are immune to. But visitors always are like, does it always smell here like this? And yes. somebody who I lived in uh, in Deer Creek, Illinois, for a while. And I, Garrett remembers occasionally you'd smell the pig farms blowing in at the apartment, and people be like, "Oh my god, you smell that every day?" Yeah, smells like money to me. I just am not <laughs> getting any of it. Damn it! <sighs> but I miss those days somewhat. Um, well, go ahead. I do. But but you know it's the thing is is that you know 
that's why you're also seeing a lot of departure from that D20 system too, is because it is oversaturated. It, it's yeah, every, every, everybody in the brother thinks that they can design a, a D&D game designer. Yeah, exactly, Chad. It, it's, that, that, is, that is the thing. And nine times out of 10, it winds up being, and, and if it does any good, guess what happens? It's solar. That their little no, their little company gets bought up quietly by a bigger company. And I think, truthfully, that's that's what a lot of them are trying to do now because they know that's what's going to happen. Is also, that you know they're just hoping for 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 a good deal to come along so they can you know take that check to the bank and feel good about it. Listen, I also guys. think the reason. Sorry, one last thing. I do think the reason why everyone thinks they're a game designer is is because the game does have so many blatant flaws and holes in it that everyone's like, everyone has a different solution on how to plug the holes, on how to patch it, how to fix what's broken. And so therefore, everyone wants to take a crack at it. And since there's no consensus, and there's definitely no consensus coming out of the um, out of the mothership, the head honchos, they're not telling you shit. They're barely erratic, uh, uh, giving you a rata. They're just throwing crap out into the uh, and see if it sticks. So those of us who actually love the games and play, we have to fix it. And therefore, after a while, you're like, well, shit, my solution sounds pretty good. Splatter, sell it out there in the open. And now everyone goes, well, cool. There's there's five there, there's answer 500 to the solution that we're all that we're all giving the game. It really the game is what we all play. And or we've all played, and many some of us have allegiance to. But in the end, you have to st step back, take the 500 foot distant look from above at it, and go, "Oh God!" It's like looking at a like an eldritch horror that's just kind of reaching out for you and trying to grab more and pull it in. And you're like, "Well, how do I fix that?" You can't fix it. It's like looking at it's like Call of Cthulhu. You can't save this. You can't fix it. You just got to endure it and not be driven mad by it. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of disagree with you on something here, real quick, Blaine. Well, no, go ahead. Well, everybody buys the player's handbook, and most of the GMs, the DMs will buy the the DMG, mm -hmm. but. How many of those GMs don't read the DMG? The DMG used to be like filled with information on like Western societies used to give you like the titles for the Pope or for yeah. various parish people. And usually they would have like, I'm going to go back to first and second ed. They had a bunch of subsets and uh, uh, skill systems that they used for back in the seventies and eighties to help out GMs. And a lot of GMs and dungeon masters did not read it. They do. No. A lot of their answers they got to questions about rulings, those can be found in the DMG. <coughs> in yeah. the DMG. They can be found right there. It's just they don't crack open the book. They're too lazy, or maybe they're they're high on their own farts. They and uh, they, they're like, I want to be a GM. I want to be a designer of a game. Let me make these rules and I'll be a I'll be a codified designer. These are my house rules. Well, if you only turn to chapter seven of the DMG, you'd find those same rules right there. And right. you don't make it a hard rule, make it a ruling because there are some times where you need to make a ruling and you'll do it 
a year or two later, you need to make it differently. It won't be the same result. Yeah. And so that's, that's something that a lot of people read and understand the rule system they're playing. Read the rules. Like I, I reread and I reread and I reread the past week social conflicts on how to resolve the the dick measuring that goes on between the social players at the table and the NPCs in your game world. And that's the best way I could 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 rule it. Yeah, is to say it is it's it's dick measuring. It, it is. Really is. And you have like seven or eight rolls that you got to make. And you have to figure out who's going to be on top, how, what strategy you're going to try to use to outmaneuver this NPC. But yeah. it's a detailed system. And I'm, you, you made mention of it last week when you said, I'm pissed because they put this out at the very end of Pathfinder. And then they said, here's second head. And I'm like, yeah. and that was also the same time when I said, good, Pathfinder is mine to rewrite now. Because I don't want the second edition, and I I bought yeah. it, I bought it, but I hated it, and I ran the fucking doomsday clock scenarios. <laughs> you know what killed that table? My table died when I ran the TPK scenario, and everybody died by round three. By round three, all of my players, all six players that were wanting to try this new system, were done. They're fed up with it. We're yeah. never playing second edition Pathfinder again. And so I sent in my reports and I tried getting them together again. And I'd read a little bit on Pathfinder's website. And they said, if we're going to change the game a little bit here, we're having a lot of reports of how things are working. And I could never get those six players back. I could never, I I could, I could give them money and tequila and they would still not sit at the table for Pathfinder 2E. Yeah. Well, and and like I said, I I did attempt to run a a Pathfinder 2E. You know, and roll ten. Congratulations! You you rolled eleven. You won. Congrats. That's oh no. The, I I I. I because since you know, since I was you know, I read everything. I looked in the DMG. You know, I got all that stuff. And the first major fight that the that the PCs came on because I was going to run a module because I wanted to use that to kind of get an idea of the flow of the game, which which is you know especially if you're starting a new game that's a perfectly relevant way to do it, mm-hmm. especially a new system things like that. The first thing, and I mentioned this I think either last week or a couple weeks ago on one of the other cat casts, but. Uh, that it was literally a fire method indoors. And then they had things for smoke inhalation rules. They had all these different things. And I'm sitting here going, are you kidding me? Are are we just trying to kill the players outright? Because I mean, just the way that the, the way that it was written, it was, it was like, Oh, the players, this will be a walk in the park for the players. And it wasn't, especially a fire method at level one as the first encounter. You know, so I, I wound up going, taking them on my own little side side quest type thing, you know, they in whatnot and just kind of ran it, ran it by ear. Um, 
I think Pathfinder Second Edition should actually have like a an application on your tablet or phone or computer that the DMs can throw all the switches so they don't have to remember all the statuses. It's all right there. It's figured out like Hero Labs. Realm works. If you do this, you'll probably help make Pathfinder 2E an actual best-selling system because every GM I know doesn't want to play it because of all the status effects that happen. And each and every one of those little status effects can thoroughly sway the the situation at the table in a combat or in a critical situation. And you need to have those available. It's it's not written very well. So having an application be there and present to help the DM out. Roll 20 and Fantasy Grounds are not they're they're not the engine. Pathfinder Nexus, I I don't think it's gonna no. I have as much faith in that as I do my health care from the government. <laughs> oh, really? did I say that? Uh, but I, I have very little faith in it at all. The D&D Beyond, I actually think, is going to be the best option out of all of it because you have uh, or the, the automated 5E system, that's going to be the best option because and it's if, been around since 2015, 14, somewhere around there. Sorry. So the thing is, is that, is that you know, I, I am one of those guys who will have the the sheet that auto calculates everything for me just be just so because I miss stuff. I, I fully admit I miss stuff. That that's why I bring it up because you're not the only DM I've seen that, that misses stuff. I miss stuff. Well, I'm talking I'm talking I'm talking at the as the as a player. How many times? How many times at the table did I have other people look over and said, "I think I got this." Can you double check and make sure I didn't miss anything? Yeah, almost yeah. every level. Yeah, and and that you happens have, a lot. You need you need that, and it's it's really a shame that our when you have to have are, accountants. Yeah, accountants and lawyers being your your predominant players who double check everything as though they're going over a tax return to play a game. Well, that's worked well for five though. No, no, what? no, no, no. I did. I didn't need need an accountant. I didn't need a lawyer. I just needed our resident Mormon. It was okay. Our see, resident Mormon was really good at what he did. See, yes. I didn't have a. I didn't have a Mormon. I had a pair of accountants, and they would go over <laughs> whenever we leveled up. They would go over everyone's sheets, like like green visors out and everything, like just making sure that all your fucking math is up there. Like, nope, 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 nope. Hey, you missed a bonus here, and then they hand you back your character sheet after you're done. You're like, that was... And I'm sitting here going, I need another beer. Robert, Robert the Mormon would have caught all those mistakes, though. Yep. He was he was really just... He, he was missing missing his calling as being an accountant. He yeah. really did. He, he should have been a, a good Mormon accountant. He would have been so good, but he's now a division head for the local Walmart that he works at, and I'm proud no, he's of not. He's not. He. I thought he. No, I thought he, he, started. he went back to teaching. Oh man. Well, I haven't talked to him in four years. So there's that. NASCAR does not exist. Oh. Garrett's gonna have to disavow NASCAR. Well, it's all right. Uh, there is no ninth Star Wars movie either. You guys are just thinking there's some some Star Wars movie out there. But uh, I, I really, I Drug think we kind of hit the, the topic. 
Yeah, Rogue One came out. That was that was a thing. That was probably the best thing they've done. And, and beyond that, I didn't see any other movies. What I didn't hear about them. I only saw Rogue One because I wanted to see the Adat and the Ewok or uh, Warwick Davis jump up and down, and that was that was about it. Watching watching him jump up and down made my day. That was probably the best member Barry had had. Um. I think we've hit all the topics I want to discuss. If you guys have other things you want to ch- uh, chew the fat about, no, no, no I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm actually sorry I rambled so much, but yes, no, I'm apologize. Good. Damn it, Blaine! I'm going to send you some beer so you can quit apologizing. Yeah, we call that we call that filler to make it last longer. Longer. Yeah. Well, shit. I'm your it's filler. Like, then. It's like it's like it's like when we go into our boss's office. We always go in there and we have a story. The reason is, is because then we wind up sitting in there instead of for five minutes, we're in there for like 25 minutes and we don't have to do shit. You know, I, I, (laughs) my life is not like that at all. If I don't want to talk to my boss, I go in there with a cup of coffee. I offer him coffee. He says, no. I said, have you got my route planned? He's like, I'm working on it. Said, I'm going to go get the truck ready. And then I don't speak to him for the rest of the day. And that's it. I, that's that's true. The, the blessing of my job is that I don't have a boss over my shoulder. That's the one thing I really love about my life. I, I don't have to worry about things. If I have a question, I can call him or I send him photos of like a bad septic system and be like, this probably needs your assistance. I'm, I'm going to be able to pull out all the content. Yes, but there are some malfunctioning pieces here. And I think it's your forte to fix these. And then I, do my photos, I clean up the site, and I, I go away. Washer to beat. Uh, speaking of washing, uh, I do have a small uh, partnership with the people of Duke Cannon. And uh, right now, while supplies last, if you guys order $60 or more of Duke Cannon soaps, you get this wonderful gun smoke brick. It's a big-ass brick of soap. This is a good, big, heavy duty lathery soap bar. This is a company that thoroughly believes in our nation's vets. They use the same factory in uh, Minnesota that they used, uh, not they, but was used to create soap for the vets or the active duty back in the Korean War era. You'll see here the specs of the soap, three times bigger than a daily bar of soap. It smells like scent, <laughs> it smells like spent shells at dawn. It's made in the United States, not from France. It's not for clowns. This is a paid advertisement from Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon is a uh, badass soap company. They are. So, anyway, there you go. And, uh, Garrett, where can people find you? On Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Baron G-Rock. Bruce is also going to uh, put uh, my link down in the description here also. Yes. Uh, for some whatever reason, my feed screwed up to YouTube, so I had to pull it. So I'll need to have you send me that link information. And I'll doctor up this uh, stream. I, I already did. It's it's in your oh, Discord. Beautiful. Thank you. But uh, yeah, uh, basically uh, there, I am going to start uh, doing also some streaming on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, may not be all tabletop, but you know it'll be be stuff. So you yeah, want to, you want to kill your uh, you want to kill your channel. You want to have slow growth. 
you want to go for years and not get 10 subscribers a year, then live stream your games for 10 hours at a time. You can do it. I believe in you. Uh, I'm just saying that, like, but, that's what I did for years. But, but but I've already got 14 people before I even put up one video. So. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, I think I'm going to be, I'm going to be starting to work that side of it just to see, uh, where I can go with it and, and, and see, cause you know, of course, switch is extremely saturated and everything. I want to see if I can maybe get it into the, the uh, problem you have Garrett is that you lack big boobs. I've got them. I just, uh, I, I just you been losing them because together. I've been losing some weight. Jeez. You know, and and you have to you have to do that because otherwise, like that's 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 the people on Twitch making money. The real gamers are on YouTube with Doctor Disrespect. Oh. oh no 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 no! I, I have to be in a hot tub, uh, scratching a little ear thing for those ASMR streams. <laughs> we. We've got goals. We'll have an ASMR stream one of these days. We're just going to ask Blaine what he thinks. What what, he, what does Blaine think about the Twilight movies uh, circa 2010 and just sit back and, and let him go off and rant and then say, what do you think about him now playing Batman? And just, you know, there, there's another chord we pull. There's another 30 seconds to 30 minutes of, of Blaine ranting. Yes, I'm not, no, see, I'm, see, I'm, not, me, I'm not telling you you're wrong. The only way I can watch that movie is the riff with riff tracks. Riff tracks, I don't say riff tracks. Yeah, riff tracks is going to save the new Batman film. I I finally watched the video for the trailer, and I there were some parts of it I thought was bullshit, like the part when two guys are there point blank range with automatic fire. Batman would be a big greasy red mess. That would be it. He'd be dead. Oh, but Wayne Enterprises, no, dude, he'd be dead. He'd be spackled on the floor. No more, no more Cape Crusader. But we got to make this one cooler than the one we had before. And the one we had before was pretty cool. I like Batfleck. I don't like Ben Affleck, but I like Batfleck. I think he's a good older Bruce Wayne. He could have played Thomas Wayne. From the uh, the Flashpoint timeline, mm -hmm. but I, I don't I don't like Ben Affleck, but I like him as Batman. Is that weird? No. Um, I I really didn't. Other than that, I'm not looking forward to the new Batman. I no. I. It'll it'll go into theaters and I'll watch it go in and out and I won't watch it in the theaters. I might watch it on a HBO Plus. Arg. <laughs> yeah, you know I, I don't I don't want to watch it. it. It's how many fucking times are we gonna see something that you know? And and I'm not saying Tommy Lee Jones is my Riddler, but we had some really good bad actors from the 1960s Batman. And I, I like the Riddler from back then. If this guy does better, okay, it might be good. Wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Tommy Lee Jones was never the Riddler. He was Two-Face. Oh, my bad. Uh, who played the Riddler? Was it uh, Jim, Jim Carrey? Carrey? Okay. I'm not saying yeah. Carrey was my Riddler either. 
God no. But that was like the worst of the three bat the the three Batman movies that came out in the nineties. They say there was a fourth one, but I don't remember that, and I I've blocked it from my mind if it happened. Something about bat nipples, and I just had scary clowns, and I don't know. Frank Gorshin as Riddler. Yeah, Daredevil from that was the original. Yeah, Frank Gorshin was a fucking great Riddler. I actually like the 60s Adam West Batman as much as people say it was campy. Mm -hmm. Dude, I was eight years old eating popcorn on the couch and my life couldn't get any better. That was that that was good it got. That and Green Hornet. I like Green Hornet also. Well, they didn't show Green Hornet when I was growing up where I lived. So I had to wait until I got the internet about 10 years ago on broadband and I was able to catch up on all the shows that I missed or I didn't get a chance to see the first time around. You're right. But <laughs> green Hornet's badass, dude. But no, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm ranted out. I listening to Blaine talk, man, I, you guys, you, you guys at home, if, if you don't have a Blaine in your life, Get a Blaine in your life, okay? Get somebody that you know is going to be there, and they're going to have the same thoughts as you. They might be more eloquent at puking out all their thoughts about it, but get somebody that that will help you air your own thoughts because Blaine says a shit that I'm thinking a lot of times. I have no filter. And I, I generally don't have a, a filter at all, but... Blaine will th- pop up with something and his brain just works faster. He's really good at it. I'm I'm going to concede that that good fact to him. And, I'm also I, I and really yes, go ahead. And yes, you too can have a Blaine all your own for the low, low price of $9.99. Do you want a, a day? Life? If you order now, should I sell Patreon just so that way I can have some? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I would go with uh, uh, subscribe star, but that's just me. But if you want to pay down, go for it. Oh, I'm sure I can s- set up a weekly just bullshit session. Just, just invite me. I, I won't. I'll show up. Oh, are you free Sunday afternoons? Yeah, Sunday afternoons, Blaine. Yes. Oh, Legion of Myth. Yep. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 What time should they, I like clear out? Uh, my they schedule? started. One o'clock central, I think. Yeah, one one p.m. central standard. Oh, I believe. God. Thirteen hundred three DD for DD two fourteen people is uh, thirteen hundred. So, uh, yeah, me, get get over to to Legion of Myth and listen to Max and Heathen Dog talk shit about a game you love, and uh, then segment two and three will come. And in segment three, they allow the, the guests to come on, like what we're doing here, and be panelists. Ah. And that's kind of where me and Max met. Hey, uh, RPG. If, if I if I heard the word talk shit about games that I like and don't like, I'm okay with that. I can do. Sh- you just you just have some have some body armor on because some people got kind of upset. They they talked they talked constructive criticism about Battle Lords of the 23rd Century. And I think maybe eight people were inter- interested in it. Not many people were into Battle Lords game at all. But okay. I talked to older gamers, like guys that grew up during the first edition D&D days. And they're like, oh my God, I love that game. I'm like, really? I've never heard of it before now. 
And so they these guys went through the eighth edition of it, I guess, and it was the lowest rated streams they did. So now they're going to start talking about Castles and Crusades, which I'm really fucking happy about. That is like one of my favorite basic systems. Eighth printing, I think. Yeah, eighth printing. It's not really an edition. It's eighth printing because they they really just are cleaning up the, the grammar. They they aren't changing anything. The Siege engine is really good for what it does. Hey, and honestly, if you have a good engine, you don't need a new edition. You just need to clean up and and fix things. I will look at other games that have been around forever. So, yes. Well, here here you go. We'll take out we're, we're going to take uh, the D20 system. We're getting rid of skills and feats. <laughs> you know what? I actually would I don't know if I'd be okay with that, but yeah. Well, the thing is, is that with things that are supposed to be part of your occupation, you have to roll a d20, add your level and your prime requisite score, like a skill check, and clear okay. 18. You, you, clear, you clear 18, and you win. You you get that. You, you got your skill check. You that, sounds pretty, that sounds pretty standard. And honestly, most feats are all bullshit tricks anyway, so I don't think that's a bad thing to lose them. I'm, yeah. And uh, then if you have something that you are kind of, it's in your periphery, but not your focus, you have to roll like a 12 or higher, but you get like only half your level bonus plus your uh, prime requisite score. That sounds, that sounds actually kind of interesting. <clears throat> Castle is very successful for some great reasons. Their campaign worlds are, are good and solid. I would say that the, the world for... Uh, Castles and Crusades, that the Chenault, the the author of it reminds me of uh, the guys that are working on Harn from Columbia Games, which is probably my favorite campaign world out there, even more so than Frog God Games' Lost Lands. Even though I run Lost Lands, they had a a really good deal when they were putting their world book out, so I got into it, and that's why I went there. If I would buy everything for Harn. I would be out like $2,000 because I want it all in print. And I not all of it's in print. A lot of it's in PDF, so I have to go to a print shop and then buy Trapper Keepers. Right. But it it, it is a uh, – Castles and Crusades is a very solid game, and I'm going to start pulling it apart. I recommend if you're free tomorrow at night, we've got another live stream going on. Uh, no promises. No promises. I'll send you the link. Yeah, I no promises. I'm also running out on gas, on fumes now. So, Blaine, my apologies. It's okay. I'm going to end the broadcast here in about three minutes. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add? Um, absolutely not. I think I've spoken everything I could possibly wow. speak. Three minutes or less, I should say. Garrett, anything else you need to add, my friend? Uh, yes. Uh, the oh. I believe November third. Uh, is Gatekeeper. I'm trying to read through the gate on the Gatekeeper's Discord and I can't find it. I don't know who has it or what the topic is, but I know it's on Wednesday. Yes, next Wednesday night. And I think that's the last one. Uh, Max has the updated schedule with who's on that. But then after that Wednesday night stream, the following Tuesday, we have another Gatekeeper stream, but nobody's picked the topic yet. Might be something okay. we want to address. 
but uh, we'll figure it out between all of us in there. But, uh, but yeah, definitely make sure. Oh, do you know who's hosting on Wednesday? No, I do not. Otherwise, okay. I can tell you, I, I'm not certain. Yeah, I remember seeing it, but I just don't remember which thing I saw it in. Are you clicking on the events at the top? No, I'm looking through content and everything else. I don't scroll. We were, it, the, Sorry. Well, it doesn't have anybody's name. So. Okay. No, well, well, Max has a name. I know next week is the last scheduled person we have. After that, we've got to figure out. Okay, uh, keep we keep this going. Let's keep the topics going. And we're going to do that. We're going to rotate around to different creators because it helps other people get their hours up for YouTube, which is a nice thing. They don't have to do that. We could just put it on the Gatekeepers channel, but there's no need for that. He already has Legion of Myth, and he knows that Gatekeepers will grow organically anyway. But oh, Tuesday this week was OGGM. Yeah. Yep, that's the last one I see. So he had a pretty good channel. He had a pretty good uh, discussion. Yeah, but I'm going to clear out uh, the the channel. I appreciate everybody showing up for tonight's uh, games or uh, game discussion chat. I hope you people learned something, and I hope people, if if you like what you see here, come back to my channel. I'll put links in there for the Discord for Legion of Myth for my own big ass Pathfinder game channel and for Baron G Rock's channel as well because we are big into tabletop games. We love this. This is our hobby. There are other hobbies out there. I want you to get a hobby. You don't have to have my hobby. There are hobbies. You 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 should have a hobby. You should do something that you strive to do very well. And I, I want you guys to do that. Appreciate you all showing up for tonight's chat. Without the, the chat people being in here, we would be just talking to ourselves, smelling our own farts like I just did about 30 seconds ago. And uh, really appreciate you guys. Uh, you, you've helped me quite a bit in the, the past year. Uh, Garrett and Blaine, it's always good to see you guys. And I will always good to see you. Page. All right. Hey. Come back next week with. Uh, there we go. That's muted. So give me one second, guys. Please, 